Little cloud cover tonight. Getting chilly. And welcome back, everyone. It is episode 62 of Thirst and Goal. Ben is here with his Steelers beanie as usual. And I'm Franny. I'm not wearing any Eagles gear tonight. Sonia may join us later on the podcast. Ben. But she's feeling a little under the weather. A little under the weather. A little under the weather at the moment. But Ben. What are you drinking tonight? I am continuing to drink the Copper and Kings Brandy Company American Dry Gin with a little bit of tonic, a little bit of lime, and some fresh rosemary from Frane's Garden. <laughs> it is a beautiful, beautiful dry winter gin. I highly, highly recommend it from this brandy company that also makes gin down in beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> Louisville, Kentucky. And what are you drinking over there? Uh, tonight, Ben, I actually killed the bottle of the Jack Daniels rye. It was a, bit, a little bit of the uh, the rye and Coke. And now I'm drinking some old Forester, and that bottle looks like it's going to be killed off pretty soon Beautiful. as well. And Ben, you had a pretty interesting week this week. I did. I sit, you know, I served my civic duty. Uh, I served on jury duty for six consecutive weekdays. Uh, pretty, pretty interesting experience, I must say. Um, you know, the trial is over. I'm free to talk about it. It was a receipt of so or a receiving stolen <laughs> property case with absolutely no evidence to support the prosecution's case. But notwithstanding, seven people wanted to send this poor gentleman to prison with <laughs> no evidence. Uh, so if you take that job seriously, folks, if you believe in our justice system, Please don't avoid your jury service. Uh, it's pretty scary. I hate it, man. In that jury room, I hate it. If we don't have smart, you know, thoughtful people, you know, looking at the evidence, so please don't avoid just, your jury service. Could, I tried. I tried to avoid it. I know I tried you to do. Get out of it, just like the majority of people. I'm sure, like eighty percent of the people in the U.S. try to get out of it. There are some people that enjoy it. I'm not saying you enjoy it. I didn't. But I there don't are some say people, I enjoyed it. There are some people that love when they get a jury summons in the mail, and I, I, no. I can't stand it. But just remember, it could be your father, mother, brother, sister, could uncle, be. aunt, cousin sitting at that defense table or at that def- as the defendant in the case. And, you know, it's pretty scary in that jury in that jury room when you have a number of people that are willing to convict someone and send them to prison with literally no evidence <laughs> to support it. Uh, thankfully, I was not alone in my advocacy for the not guilty for the not guilty verdict. We actually ended up in a hung jury. So there will be a subsequent trial for this gentleman but uh please 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 do your jury service and friday how was your week uh not as exciting as yours it seems well my ben. commute was, was shorter it my was commute shorter. was much so that's much a, shorter that's, that's a good thing that's a good going thing. to the courthouse way shorter than downtown it was an okay it was a, it was a good week i mean it, it actually felt like you know it it, it it flew by interesting interesting and uh you know how long was your commute this week about seven or eight minutes ben yes my <laughs> normal commute is about uh an hour in the morning and about an hour and a half in the evening. Uh, so it was, but not uh, this week. it was actually a nice little break. Uh, but there's a lot of downtime during jury service for anyone that's done it. Uh, you're in there for two hours and then they send you out into the hallway for two hours and then you're back in there for two hours and then you're out to lunch for an hour and a half. So it is a long draining week, but please, please, please folks out there do your jury service. Friday, what are we going to talk about on the agenda tonight? Tonight, Ben. On the big board, board. (laughs) we have our NFL news 
and your feel-good story. We have shout-outs to our fellow podcasters out there. We have our tag team news, our thirst and goal news, our Eagles news, Seahawks news, Steelers news. We're talking about XFL still. That's still a thing. It's still out there. There are people that are still watching it, but it's going down. The viewership has yeah, gone down. And I can see why. The last My few own weeks. personal viewership has gone down. I did not watch any yeah, of it today. So we'll talk a little bit about we'll it. Wrap sure up a- there are some people out there that are interested in in it i guess a yeah, little bit like still yeah, there's like 50 podcasts that popped up in the last with few the weeks. xfl yeah with uh you know since the beginning of the season they're just covering the xfl but we'll probably run down the scores for you yeah. if any of you are interested in uh your local team but this may fade away slowly as we get close- just like the league i'm <laughs> yeah. sure will pretty soon as we get closer <laughs> to the draft you know we'll have much more to talk about and we have Amazon's All or Nothing. We'll talk about that. Me and Ben have uh, finished the series. We have some mailbag questions. We have Ben's betting corner. He's betting on the XFL. So there is that. So, yeah. you know, that's that's a good thing. There's always an opportunity to make money, even if you or don't watch it. the games. Or lose it. Yes, or break even like <laughs> I did today. And we have our shot of the week, which is uh, sort of in honor of the upcoming uh, St. Patty's Day holiday, drinking holiday. Um, it's a little bit of uh, some proper number 12, proper 12 uh, Conor McGregor's uh, whiskey inside of uh, a pickle. It looks pretty good. I mean, yeah. it looks pretty good. And we're looking forward to our St. Patty's Day episode last. If you if you go back and listen to our episode from last year, you won't be able to make out much of the last <laughs> uh, half an hour to 45 minutes of that show. We were both pretty uh, inebriated on that one, celebrating as we should have on St. Patrick's Day. And we also have our beverage of the week, which is our first Japanese whiskey on the show. Good. And it looks good. Uh, we also have what, our what is it? it's, uh, Togo Uchi, Togo Uchi whiskey from Japan. We also have our beer of the week, which is a domestic beer. I believe it's from California, right, Ben? It is indeed. It's from lovely San Diego, California. All right. The former home of the Chargers. (laughs) (laughs) And we also have some housekeeping to finish up the show. Beautiful, beautiful. We'll start out with a little NFL news. And Franny was nice enough to pick up a bottle of Jim Beam Peach. I'm going to grab it right now. I see Dak Prescott is on the agenda. I'm grabbing that. And for those of you that uh, have been with us for a long time or even a short time, uh, Franny, myself, and Sonia both all all have a drinking game that we play. If Frane says anything nasty about anybody in the NFC East as an Eagles fan, he has to take a shot. If Sonia says anything nasty I'm about it. I'm already anyone in the NFC West because she's a Seahawks fan, she has to take a shot. And if I say anything nasty about Antonio Brown or another team in the AFC North as a Steelers fan, I have to take a shot. So first up on the agenda tonight is Dak Prescott's contract. Apparently there was an offer. The Dallas Cowboys latest contract offered a quarterback Dak Prescott reportedly includes $33 million annually with a $105 million guaranteed. That's a lot of money. According to the Dallas Morning News. While the guarantees are likely higher than what has been reported, it is the same annual average value that Prescott turned down last September and may still not be enough to lock down their so-called franchise quarterback long-term. Uh, also, speaking in a radio show this past Thursday, Impending free agent Cowboy wide receiver Amari Cooper reiterated that he wants to remain a Dallas Cowboy for life. For the right price. For the right price. So they're about to potentially franchise Dallas Cowboys receiver Cooper. But what do you think about But I think it's funny when Dak somebody Prescott. says, I want to be a this or that for life. 
but then they offer them a small contract. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, I don't, yeah. don't want to take yeah, that. I don't really. I want to be, you know, a my life is shorter. Life. <laughs> yeah, but I don't want to take less money. And I, I don't mean, know I don't what for get life means now. anyway. You're yeah. only going to play till you're 35. <laughs> you, know, you got another 60 years to go, dude. It's not for life. You mean for your career, unless yeah. you plan on playing until you're 70. So for Dak Prescott, though, if I'm Dak Prescott, you take that money. I mean, he's not worth that much money. 105 million guaranteed, and more than golf. I mean, I hope. I hope they offer him more money. I, I want them to be handicapped with him with that huge contract so they can't pay his offensive line, so they can't block for him, so they can't get him some, you know, fancy receivers out there because he can't hit them. And, you know, anyways, I mean, that was, uh, shot. <laughs> Take the, let me, I'll do one with you. I'll do a uh, shot with you because we don't have, actually, we do have Antonio Brown on the agenda. We'll, we'll get to that. Yeah, maybe we'll, yeah, maybe we'll I shouldn't hold get, off. We'll hold maybe off I shouldn't right drink now. a shot right away. But if I'm back Prescott, I'm taking that contract right away. I don't know why he didn't take it earlier. You know, if they offered it to him, I mean, obviously these are rumors. I'm not sure how much truth there is. It seems like is. it's pretty corroborated. But man, $105 million guaranteed, $33 million a year. That puts you right up there. I mean, he, he wants to be paid top three, right? Top three in the league. I was yeah, going to yeah. say top five, but not even top five. He wants to be paid top three. Probably and Roethlisberger deal. is making how much? Well, this cap hits like 37, but he's making about 33.5. And Russell Wilson is about 30. Yeah, about 33, 34. I think, uh, I think Roethlisberger might make a little bit less, maybe half a million to a million dollars a year less. Yeah. And then who else is there? I mean, Rodgers. Rodgers is still Goff. Yeah, but that's all. That's also well, up there. I mean, that's still there, that's still there. You know, Wentz? top top three once is right now. If if you look at the numbers for the entire contract, he's making about just under thirty right now. He'll he'll you know uh, in the next couple of years be over thirty. Um, Tom but, Brady's new fifty five million dollar contract. Yeah, that he's gonna he get. might he might, but he's a six time champion. Um, whereas one hundred fifty million dollars and the rest of the guys on the roster playing for league minimum. Yeah, Dak Prescott has um, you know he's won one playoff game. I mean he he had he had. Uh, you know, a, a fairly decent team this year, and they went eight and eight in a terrible and lost terrible to the Eagles division up in a roster must, at the end of the year in a, a must, must win, game. win game, and he played horribly in that game too. I well, mean, he was well, overthrowing guys, underthrowing guys. Yeah, whatever. Allegedly, yeah, I don't think Allegedly. so. I, I don't think he was he was hurt. I, you know, he wasn't hobbling around out there. Um, but no, one hundred five million dollars and thirty three million uh, a year. That's pretty generous. That is very generous for the Cowboys to offer him that type of money because he does not deserve it. You know, he had he he was second this year in the league in yards. He had over five thousand yards this year. A lot of that came in garbage time. But Ben, do you think he's really worth that much money? Uh in today's market, given the the dearth of quarterbacks out there, probably. I I don't like to say that out loud, but I mean, I think he's probably worth somewhere in the low thirties. The one hundred and five million dollar guaranteed money scares me a little bit. Uh, although he has been relatively healthy, I don't think he's missed a single game in his entire career due to an injury but i think probably around 30 for five years 150 150 million dollars 80 million guaranteed given his level of skill i think would be more fair but why do you think they offered him the same contract that they offered him in september because they went eight and eight they maybe raised the guaranteed money a little bit yeah but to offer him the same contract again are they trying to push him towards that franchise tag? Saying, I mean, like I this said, is where we we stand, and if you don't want like this, we're yeah, going to franchise I would, you. I would say that's what they're going to do. I mean, because they have he'll no make other the choice. same amount of money if they franchise him. Exactly, and then next year if they franchise him again, it's going to be what, to 40. 40 million dollars, which is a ton of money for a quarterback, uh, for any player. Um, but um, I mean, what, what do you think is holding him back? What do, why do you think he's not signing this contract? It seems pretty generous. I think he wants more money. I yeah, mean, I think why? that he thinks. That he's the quarterback uh, uh, of the Dallas Cowboys, 
you know, essentially like he's the cleanup hitter for the New York Yankees or he's the, you know, he's the he's LeBron James for the L.A. Lakers. And because of what he does under the bright lights of Dallas, which is to, you know, win half the games he plays, he decides that he or he thinks he wants more money. He wants Aaron Rodgers money. He thinks he's probably as good as Russell Wilson, given mm, given no. the right coaching and the right players around him. I mean, Russell Wilson does have a better offense. Not a better offensive line. I don't know if he has but a, better a better offense. Better I mean, Dak. I mean, uh, 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 what's his name? Amari Cooper is a pretty darn good receiver. I mean, you don't think so? I mean, he's not worth fifteen million dollars. Uh, no, you're on the bench during a you know Michael win Mike game. Gallup is not a bad uh, receiver as well. Yeah, I mean, Ezekiel uh, Elliott is one of the best runners. You got a little tar on your knife there. You're scraping <laughs> down in the bottom of the barrel now. Gallup's not a very <laughs> no, bad receiver. He's not bad. He's, he's not, not bad. bad, but he's not. He's not Michael but, Thomas I mean, got, out there. You got Elliott as your running back. You know, one of the better running backs in the league. At least you know top three, top five running backs in the league. So his offense, the offense isn't bad. I mean, the offensive line is also probably top three in the league. Had no tight end this year. You know, uh, they had dead Witten. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Witten's still trying to. He's still trying to run his forty-yard dash. Oh my God, Jason! When he wants to play again this year, uh, he's really, really. Uh, I hope he does. He really doesn't want to get offered a job commentating somewhere. He just doesn't want to have to say no. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I think he's worth. Take my somewhere, shot there. I, I did, yes, yeah. take that shot. Yeah, somewhere around thirty, I think. But I just think he's going to try to push the limit. And if Jerry Jones didn't have such a long, that's interesting. If, J- if, J- if Jerry Jones didn't have such, I told you you wouldn't like it. If Jerry Jones didn't have such a long history of overpaying players and being so loyal to, to players, I think that's probably the posture that they're taking, that if you keep pushing back, eventually Jerry Jones will give you what you want. Mm. And I think with so many quarterbacks coming out in the draft this year and the Cowboys' potential ability to trade up and maybe take that fourth pick away, uh, you know, the fourth pick is allegedly up for grabs. There are some quarterbacks out there. I think Jerry Jones is going to push him until he has to franchise him. I don't mm-hmm. think he's going to offer any more than what what is what's been reported the thirty three. Mm-hmm. And quite frankly, I don't know how I you mean, can justify offer... paying him more than Ben Roethlisberger, even at thirty eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think you can justify paying him more than Ben Roethlisberger, Aaron Rodgers, no. Russell Wilson. He hasn't accomplished anything. You know, I mean... even Carson Wentz, who when he's healthy is better. At least in the second half of games, yeah. Then uh, I mean, he, 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 he carried the the Eagles, uh, you know, the second half of the season with no name receivers. Yeah. You know, I don't want to take anything from, away from those guys, but you know, Ward is not the kind of guy that strikes fear in in you know defenses around the league. Yeah, he's no Michael Gallup. Yeah. <laughs> as you said, yeah, but Michael. Gallup, I'll take Greg I mean, Ward over Michael Gallup any day. Well, I mean, you know, it's, he it's, can play quarterback if he needs to. <laughs> He could. He technically could. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, 105 million, 33 million, uh, 105 guaranteed and 33 million a year. Uh, what's the length of the contract? Is it about four or five years? I'm sure they haven't announced the length. It's yeah, I'm, probably I'm sure, five years. I'll, I'll, I'll uh, guess 30, 33 plus of 150 plus. Yeah. Golf, yeah. Got, Golf got what? 140. Actually, I think Goff might have had a hundred, over a hundred million dollars guaranteed. Was it 110? In this contract. Was it 110? 110 I'm not sure exactly what it was now, but, but that's, um, a, that's a, I mean, he's, he's played better than Goff, but Goff went to the Super Bowl. I mean, you know, he he. I mean, he the, did. The, they had a better team, obviously, and a better coach. But you know, he he was in the Super Bowl. But look Whereas, at what they Dak did Prescott. over there with Donald and Goff and Gurley, and they paid a couple other guys. I mean, it's just like you know, they got this big albatross around their neck mm-hmm. of it's salary. Very difficult for them moving forward. That really makes it difficult for them to move around. And I just don't see. I mean, quarterbacks, as Franny says, quarterbacks don't grow on trees. But it, it, Dak Prescott, thirty-five plus million dollars a year. Just it just seems like a yeah. bridge too I hope, far. I hope they do for me. I hope they especially give them. in that division mm-hmm. because you don't necessarily need 
to go 12 and 4 to yeah, win I that mean, division. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the division the last couple of years has been pretty sorry. And, yeah. you know, this year, especially, they were not able to make the playoffs. And, you know, the Giants were terrible. The, the, Redskins were terrible. This, the, you know, the the Eagles were decimated with with. I mean, their their injuries. I mean, it seems like every single game they yeah. were losing somebody in, in every Either single game. Either on defense or offense. Mm-hmm. And they and they couldn't win the division. And, and you know, he thinks he's worth more than what they're offering. I don't think so. I agree. I agree with Franny on this one. Another little bit of interesting news. This I think Franny will love to hear. It doesn't look like there's going to be any more pass interference replay challenges in 2020. During the annual postseason survey taken by the nine-member NFL competition committee, teams came out overwhelmingly against retaining the PI replay rule that was instituted in the 2019 season. When asked if they were in favor of making the rule permanent, 21 teams said no, and eight teams said yes. When asked if the rule should be extended for one more year, 17 teams said no, and five said yes. While the survey doesn't officially change the rule, it indicates that the competition committee and the league are trending towards killing the rule for the 2020 season. I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but they handled it so poorly mm-hmm, this year. Mm-hmm. I think the rule could work, but it looks like they butchered it so badly yep. that they're not going to extend it. So what do you think, Freddie? I know you hated it all year long because there was no rhyme or reason to when they were going to overturn it or not. What do well, you think they didn't about? overturn it. So there's no they reason. Didn't, and then they started halfway yeah. through the season overturning it. And but there, yeah, exactly. But there's, but there's no reason because the majority of the time, even even when viewers saw that there was pass interference, they would just you know uphold the play on the field. Yeah, or they so. had some wacky one like in the Seahawks game where you know it, it they overturned a couple plays in the same game that didn't look like either one of them necessarily was any different than some of the ones that they didn't overturn. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's one thing that the XFL has right mm-hmm. in terms of going into the booth and listening to the back and forth between Al Riveron and uh. whoever's on the field. I mean, the XFL does have that right. At least you can hear their reasoning behind why they are going to or not going to change the ruling on the field. But uh, you think they should, you know, can it, send it out to pasture, not bring it back? Might as well. So it didn't work. All right. That's, 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 I mean, you know, they're not going to overturn, you know, obvious pass interference calls, so might as well get rid of it. But it's just interesting. That, I mean, they, they, they have it for one year because everyone's up in arms about the play that happened yeah, I'm sure, I'm in, sure the, in the, New Orleans. I'm sure the Saints were one of those teams that said they wanted to keep it. They were one of the eight that said yes. Yeah, they're going to keep, keep it. They're going to keep and, and Sean Payton is on the competition committee. Uh, you know, I think if they had handled it better, I mean, I think if there was some consistency, some some you know management of how it was how it was implemented on the field i think they could have made it work uh they're actually talking about trying to bring back i can't remember the guy's name he's one of the nfl uh officiating experts I, i'm not sure if he's if he's with cbs or fox it's a, sort of the younger guy with the beard uh they're trying to they're trying to bring him back into the nfl fold to manage all of this Mm-hmm. to manage the officiating, to try to put a procedure in place, a training protocol in place that will end all of this madness. Uh, so we'll see if that happens. But otherwise, I agree with Ronnie. It just made the games longer. It frustrated people even more. Mm-hmm. It's Not only do you have a bad play on the field, then you have the, the, the knife is stuck in and then twisted <laughs> when they don't overturn it on replay. So you get stabbed once and then they twist it up in your gut. Uh, next up. CBA, the collective bargaining agreement voting has begun. 
the controversial 456-page collective bargaining agreement opposed by many of the league's star players. Franny's favorite man crush, Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> opposes the deal. It went to a vote starting on Thursday morning, and voting will be open until the end of the day on March 12th. Uh, this is a really, really, really interesting CBA. Uh, but like I said, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, J.J. Watt, Marquise, Pan- Marquise Pouncey, Richard Sherman, and a lot of other highly paid players have spoken out against the CBA. Uh, the NFL has incentivized the players on the lower rung of the league salary structure to vote yes by dramatically increasing the minimum salary. And they're hoping that this will appeal to players who have only been in the league a couple of years. But there are some other benefits for the players. Increased split of the revenue up to 47.5 or 48%. Player-friendly drug policy. You can no longer be suspended, although they have an interesting, wacky rule where you can't be suspended. But if you get test positive enough, they will investigate. They will <laughs> not suspend you for a game, but they will not allow you to be paid for the game. So you can play for free. Oh, yeah. If you have an incentive in your contract, like a certain number of receptions or a certain number of yards, you can play for free if you would like. Uh, which is a wacky, wacky part of the CBA. Uh, but this is going to be hard uh, for the the highly paid players to, you know, to convince those lower paid players. And we have an interesting story coming up, uh, a couple stories from now that I think will 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 demonstrate this. But uh, it, it it looks like, if you're asking me, I think it's going to pass. Uh, they also have another interesting part of the CBA that I wasn't aware of that that if they build casinos, they plan to build casinos and sports books within the stadiums. And the owners are proposing, I think, to take either 60% or 70% of that revenue, depending mm. on whether it's inside the stadium or close to the stadium. But that was a really interesting little tidbit that I read that they're planning on building. Can you imagine sports books inside uh, yeah. the stadium? Yeah. Yeah. Just imagine, you know, in, 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 uh, Vegas? in Las Vegas. Exactly. Just imagine that stadium. It's going to be like a casino. And the you players know? want... The owners want 60% of that revenue if it's in the stadium. Man. 70% if it's it's adjacent. Very owner-friendly. Yeah. Surprise, uh, surprise. (laughs) Yeah, it's an owner-friendly deal. Uh, You know, players used to get, I think, 52 or 53% of the revenue. They scaled that way back to 47, and the owners have said there is no way in hell it's getting close to 50% again. We talked last week a little bit about how the lower rungs on the ladder will get another $100,000 in in this next year's contract, another... Mm -hmm. Eighty or ninety thousand dollars the following year, and then forty five thousand dollars a year after that. So the lower paid players will be getting huge percentage bumps in their salary. But Franny, what do you think about can the the barons of the league, the Aaron Rodgers, can they can they bully the young guys into into not signing it? Uh, I mean, if there's enough young guys, I mean, you know, there's there's not much you can do. But you know, for Aaron Rodgers and a lot of these guys, Russell Wilson, J.J. Watt, you know, Marquise Pouncey, that that adding that seventeenth game that's a huge deal for these guys um you know and like we've mentioned so many times uh it's it's just it's going to dilute the league because these guys are going to be playing maybe week 13 week 14 you know there's there's a, a lot of fans that go to these games that pay a lot of money for their tickets and they're not going to be able to watch these guys play and that's exactly what they're paying for is to see these guys out there performing on the field live where they can see them and um i, I just i just don't know i'm not sure what's going to happen with this one it's it's, it's, it's be pretty interesting yeah, and I actually uh, have come around and agree with Franny. I'm not sure why the players are push or the owners are pushing so hard for the 17th mm-hmm. game and ultimately an 18th game or a 19th game or a 20th game, but for the 17 game 
season of the league is making billions of dollars mm-hmm. each year. I mean, how greedy, now, how, how greedy, how greedy you do you want to, you know, how much do you want to push this? You know, it is a dangerous game. There are quarterbacks and marquee players that people tune into watch. Mm-hmm. No one wants to turn on the Seattle Seahawks and watch whoever they're, you know, Tavares Jackson. I don't even know who their backup is now. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, or not. Actually, I wouldn't mind watching, uh, McCown, if he came back for it. He's not coming I back. Not gonna, I don't think but I wouldn't mind watching Eagles, Josh McCown. Least, but he might play elsewhere, you know. Uh, you know, there's some backup quarterbacks that are in, like Bridgewater I don't mind watching. But no one wants to tune in and watch second second string players, you know, play for a, a number of games. So I agree with with Franny in that regard. There's also another provision in the in the CBA that caps the number of foreign or offshore games to 10. Uh, so there's there the, the owners obviously want to have some team, probably the Jaguars, playing at least ten games overseas by the end of this CBA in ten years. So they're capping it at ten games, which means they will play ten games, but no team will be able to play more than ten games overseas. Seems like a in lot. A season that seems like a lot. It, it know, is a I lot. Mean, I mean, that's a lot of travel time for the players, especially if you're on the West Coast. You know, I mean, because, you know, the, a lot of these games take place, you know, and, and I'm sure it'll be in, in London. Um, I mean, there's a few and there's that one in Mexico City, yeah. I think, where they have, you know, the, usually the, the Raiders. On the and, mountaintop. Yeah, exactly. And that's, you know. Uh, the literal mountaintop. Yeah. It's what? How, how high it's is like, that? Uh, five, six thousand feet. Yeah, I, mean, might, it's, I think it's more. Yeah. I think it might be eight or nine thousand feet above sea level. Yeah. I think. Uh, I'm not sure exactly how high it is, but I mean, it just seems. I tend to exaggerate it, if you listen to yeah, the podcast. Just a little before. bit, just a little bit, Ben. <laughs> but it's up there. It's up there. There's clouds. Yeah, but I they're, don't, they're I don't agree with that. I mean, you know, it's it's uh, you know, I'm sure obviously they want to take the game international. They they make more money that way, but you know, they just they have to think about the players. You know, and 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 uh, you know their travel time. Um, you know their families. Obviously, they don't want to be away from their families too often. And and uh, you know, I, I, even well, it depends even, on which players even you're just talking watching, about. Even yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I mean, if you're just watching, um, you know, being in L.A. and and having to wake up at six o'clock in the morning to watch the Eagles play, I don't want to do that. I'm I'm happy with them playing at ten or one o'clock over here yeah, exactly. on the West Coast. You 10 know, ten o'clock is over by one. Exactly. You know, I, I I don't agree with it one bit. You know, it's just keep most of the games here. If you want to go to Canada, that's fine. If you want to go to Mexico, that's fine. But you know, flying out to uh, to London, you know, multiple times a year. You know, there's a great fan base over there, but um, that's a lot. That's it's pretty far away. Yeah, and I don't think that, I don't think that's going to be a sticking point because everyone knows it's going to be the Jaguars. So unless yeah. you have some fear of playing for the Jaguars, I think you're all right in that regard. I tend to think it's going to pass. I I, I think uh, it's a good, decent deal for the players. No more marijuana it's a, it's testing. A, it's a ten year deal, right? Yeah, 10 I mean, that's year a deal. long. That's a yeah. long deal. No that's more a marijuana long contract. I mean, ten. I mean, you know, five years. You know, let's talk about this. You want to do in this five, again in five years? Why not? Oh, Why not? Because ten every time, time it happens, there's a chance that we'll get a work stoppage. If there has to be, there has to be. And this year, they could be piping in. You know, they could be piping in sound to the stadiums in September if we're if we're not allowed to go outside and watch games. Yeah, the Falcons love it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, we you know if there's if there's for some reason with this thing that's going on, if if we're not allowed, to, you know, that they say we can't go to concerts, we're not supposed to go to uh, the movies. I mean, they could be playing games in front of pretty sparse crowds mm-hmm. at mm-hmm. some point. So the NFL and the players might want to lock this one up especially with what's going on, because at least it locks the players into their salaries and those young players will be getting paid an extra, you know, hundred thousand dollars. If they end up, if something, for some reason, the season doesn't go off as they expect, at least the players will get locked into the money. Mm -hmm. All right. 
Uh, I see Antonio Brown on the agenda, Ben. Should well, I start pouring? Yeah, yeah, you All should right. probably. Oh, oh. Well, this Pour story, you know, we're, we're talking about Tom you. Brady again. So we have, uh, you know, a little Tom Brady on the agenda. Antonio the Brown Tom, still doesn't know if he'll Tom be punished. Tom Brady saga. Antonio Brown still doesn't know if he'll be punished by the NFL for his alleged sexual misconduct. But that apparently isn't stopping Tom Brady from wanting to team up with him. Connor Roche of the Boston Globe reports two people close to Brown I can't imagine there are two people that are close to Brown but allegedly there are told ESPN's Dan Graziano and Jeremy Fowler that Tom Brady remains in consistent consistent contact with Antonio Brown and told Brown that he wants to play with him whenever he goes next according to one of Brown's attorneys Brady has told Brown over and over and over again to keep mentally and physically strong so the two can reunite on the field at Brady's next stop so Brady is allegedly communicating with Antonio Brown regularly and routinely and he wants to play with him in his next stop what say you Franny? I didn't hear about that. I actually haven't heard anything about that until it just was now, disgusting. Ben. Disgusting. <laughs> I I'm mean, appalled I've, and offended. But this whole, uh, you know, Tom Brady news, it's, it's, there's, uh, there's some traction now with him maybe and possibly the San Francisco bullshit, yeah. moving to the West Coast, either with uh, Las Vegas or with San Francisco. You know, last week and, 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 um, you know, even a few weeks ago, two or three weeks ago, I was, I was 100% sure that he would return to New England. But it's getting some traction. Now I'm about 85% sure that he might, you know, end up staying in New England. It sounds like he's showing some interest, uh, you know, in coming to the West yeah, Coast. and there's a little bit more coming up. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I, I, I will say this. I hope, I hope that Antonio Brown ends up on whatever team Tom Brady ends up on because it will result in an absolute shit show and probably – be to the detriment of that team. So I hope that Tom Brady ends up with Antonio Brown. And on that note, I will take this disgusting... Well, you didn't really say anything negative about Antonio Brown. I mean, you just said it was a shit show, but you didn't say He's why. He's a douchebag. There we go. go. Alright, this is the... What is this? The Jim Beam Peach. Peach. Ugh. They got like an apricot or something? Or an apricot? I'm sure they will soon. This is... It smells like... uh doesn't smell very good. Well, there it is. There it is, Ben. Ah, uh, that's not as good as it smells. It smells a lot better than it, it does. It smells yeah, a lot better than it tastes, folks. Uh, Jim but it's Beam, not that bad. It's, it's not, not that, that bad. It's not that bad. I it mean, tastes... how would you compare it to the apple? I think the apple is actually better than the peach. I actually think the apple is better than the peach. Uh-huh. Uh, smells like Antonio Brown's frostbitten feet. Oh, uh, well, there you go. Another shot. <laughs> Another <laughs> shot. Uh, but, uh, Franny, what do you think? You think Antonio Brown and Tom Brady will reunite and it feels so good? Uh, I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't know if Antonio Brown, I don't know if there's any GM in the league that would risk bringing this guy on board. Uh, he's just too much of a headache for anybody to handle right now. Um, especially with his legal issues. I mean, he, you know, he's, he still has, um, <clears throat> those assault charges against him and the burglary charges and, the, and that as well uh or robbery so, or whatever it was so i mean e- e- even if they do for some reason decide to bring him on board he might not even play you know if he's charged with anything and so. it's another full year i mean he's gonna be 32 years old yeah you know his best years are behind him mm-hmm. uh his best emotional and psychological years are behind <laughs> him uh so good luck to you tom brady 
if you'd like to go out and hang out with Antonio Brown on the football field because it will not end well. But this is a little bit of interesting news. They are pushing back. Actually, Robert Kraft is pushing back harder on Tom Brady than Jerry Jones is pushing back on his lowly quarterback, Dak Prescott. You should take a shot for that. I'd even uh, say that. Yeah. If a, I mean, you're saying negative <laughs> things about Dak now. Well, you got it's it's I guess it's uh contagious. <laughs> if a rumor that surfaced last week is in fact true, and we believe that it is, the New England Patriots may not be sold on Jared Stidham being their starting quarterback if Tom Brady leaves. According to Matt Miller of Bleacher Report, regardless of what Tom Brady decides to do this offseason, whether it be staying with the Pats or playing elsewhere, New England intends to draft a quarterback in this year's draft. A quarterback will be drafted by New England this year. According to one source within the team, whether that's in round one or later on, depends on Tom Brady's free agency decision. The Patriots are also rumored to be interested in Marcus Mariota. <laughs> I love it. Or Andy or the Red Rider. Andy Dalton, if Brady does go elsewhere, apparently this week, this is an interesting little tidbit from Robert Kraft, Tom Brady and New England Patriots head coach Bill Belichick reportedly spoke by phone on Tuesday, and according to Kraft, the phone call did not go well. Johnny, uh, the drama is heating up. It is. In Boston. It's getting juicier and juicier every week, um, but uh, you know Actually, if they brought Andy Dalton on board, oh god, you smile! I think you love Andy. I Dalton. think Andy Dalton would find oh, some success. Oh my god, can I? Can, he would can, definitely find some success. I mean, he was. You're hear with, my forehead banging <laughs> off the microphone. I mean, with Cincinnati, I mean that team was just mismanaged. He had a terrible coach over there. I mean, he had a you know AJ Green over there. But it, 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 I think in New England, he would actually be a pretty good option for them if Tom Brady decides to sign elsewhere. Oh god, better than Marcus Mariota. Yeah, I can't. I mean, but I think that because, you know, Bill Belichick believes that he could somehow, you know, rejuvenate Barry Hilda's career. I mean, I think he'd be better off with Dalton for a couple of years. I think so. I'm not surprised that they're not hopeful for Jared Stidham. They also had, what's his name? The quarterback that I was high on out of, you know, I can't remember where he played, played somewhere in the SEC. They had him for a couple of years and he sort of poof, disappeared into <laughs> obscurity. I'm not even sure if he's on any other team. Uh, Bill Belichick does not have a long history of drafting quarterbacks. I mean, you got Tom Brady just sort of as an afterthought, I think, in the sixth round. Mm-hmm. So, kind of worked out. But though. this drama is really, really interesting. I mean, we heard this week that I don't know how it would work exactly with San Francisco, but allegedly they're, the Niners would somehow trade Garoppolo to the Patriots, so the Patriots would end up with Garoppolo, and then Brady would sign because he's a free agent with the Niners, so the Niners would end up with Brady and somehow – the Pats would end up back with Garoppolo. No, but that'd though. be awesome, though. That would be. But how would that? Why, who, why would that make any sense just, for, the, make, for the for, it, it for the make, Niners to do that? It doesn't make any sense. But just imagine if the Niners pick up Tom Brady, and in New England they get Garoppolo back, and they end up in the Super Bowl against one another, and Garoppolo beats Tom Brady. That would be awesome. Yeah, that would That'd be, be awesome. pretty awesome. But what does that say about about Garoppolo? I mean, if 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 the rumors are true that it's something yeah, that I think, the Niners, I think, it's, I think it's stupid. I think it's stupid. I mean, I I, you know, I don't I don't see any reason why they would do that. I think Garoppolo is a solid quarterback. You know, he went to the Super Bowl this year. Um, I I, I just it doesn't make well. any sense. It's just it's it's fun to talk about though. But man, I mean, it looks like Brady is really testing the waters out there. I mean, there are. I mean, we have to admit, you know, among among ourselves here. That there are a limited number of teams that make sense for Brady, unless he's just going after a payday. There yeah. aren't very many teams out there 
that are that have the offensive line that he needs. I mean, can you imagine Tom Brady running those naked bootlegs in San Francisco? I mean, he's <laughs> he can't. He's forty two years old. He's not even going to get to the line of scrimmage, let alone pick up yardage without any blockers in front of him. Uh, you know, so where I mean, they're talking about the the Chargers, which I think is ridiculous because that team is so poorly run, and he's coming from the best run franchise in the league. John Gruden is in Las Vegas. I I just can't see those two. Although if he gets along with Antonio Brown, I guess maybe he can get along with Chucky. <laughs> but there are, I mean, Tampa Bay is another potential landing spot depending on whether they I think Bruce Arians have been yeah. he's a great coach but their offensive line is terrible I think they had the worst offensive line in the league yeah. so he definitely I mean he, he would suffer in in Tampa Bay or, he might actually get sacked a few times or Indy uh Sonia's out here yeah, sort of Sonia. listening to hey, us Sonia, get on get on All the right, podcast Sonia. Get, she's afraid to talk for some and, strange uh, reason Ben we have the big screen We're right the, here so I you know you need to turn Sonia on All right Sonia well uh, <laughs> All right Sonia can we hear you I can hear you. We is it on? You. Is it on there? Is it on there? Oh, all right. Hold on. We can't hear you. One second. One second. All right. Hold on, folks. We'll be right back. All right, we are back with Sonia. Hello. Now her microphone wasn't recording. Now it is, and we can hear your voice now, Sonia. I was muted. All right, Sonia, what do you think about Tom Brady? I, you were over there shaking your head and <laughs> flagell, you know, well, flailing I, I, your I arms. So I, you must have some opinion here about th- Tom Brady. All right. I, I think the rumors that you speak of where Tom Brady's going to go to San Francisco and Garoppolo's going to go, I think that's your rumor. I think you made that one up. No, no, they've been talking about it. No, they've it. been talking. Yeah, I'm just making up rumors. I'm just like, <laughs> oh, you are. Yeah. He's going to go. There are people making up rumors, He's but going this to play one. for the Calgary, the Calgary Stampede. Maybe we should come up with a rumor. Oh, I think he did. Yeah, we, we, I that, think he's that, the one who started. The I heard rumor. about that one because Alex, who was on the podcast, you yeah, know, yeah, weeks, yeah. weeks back, he actually texted me about that, and he was worried about it. Yeah, he doesn't want to lose Garoppolo. Look at she doesn't even and, trust it. My that I have real sources for my NFL news <laughs> over here. You're texting because he just thinks I'm randomly making shit up. Apparently, because you brought that up to me just out of the blue and said, "Wouldn't it be great?" And so that's why I like. You know, the eyebrow went up and all. But and yeah, of course, it's my division that you're messing with. So I really don't need Tom Brady in my division. And I don't even know how oh, it would work exactly. Tom Brady. I don't even know doesn't how that matter. would work. You'd have to come up with an agreement that the trade doesn't go through unless Tom Brady's contract is signed. So it would have to be sort of a swap, but not uh, not, not a real swap because they can't trade him because he's, he's a free happen. agent. Ain't going to happen. Ain't going to happen. Garoppolo's got his little flow thing going for him. He's he's looking good. I so. think he's good. Yeah, I, I, agree, I agree with Sonia. He just completely laid an egg in a Super Bowl. No, he didn't. In the no. biggest game of his career. He, he, didn't, he was coach, in the Super Bowl. We were the not. Coach asked, the coach egg. asked the quarterback to throw the ball, and he threw the ball <laughs> That's poorly. not your strength. That is. When, when you're up by 10 in the fourth quarter. and you take strength, a shot for talking your strength, about <laughs> And your strength is running the ball. Continue to run the ball. Don't start tossing the ball around. Yeah, but when you ask your quarterback to throw the ball, he shouldn't be so incompetent at it. He wasn't that he bad. Was, he was at one point in the third quarter. He looked like he might be the MVP in that game. That is true. Until the fourth quarter when Patrick <laughs> well, Mahomes got the ball in his hands. But he also didn't deserve to be MVP. But whatever. We talked about that already. Yeah, All right, yeah, Sonia. Yeah, yeah. Old news. Tom Brady coming to the NFC West. Oh, you're such a jerk. <laughs> I am not a jerk. All right, here comes. A, this is an interesting story. This is why I think that many of these younger players that are making, you know, whatever it is, $500,000 a year would like that extra $100,000 a year. Gregory Robinson. Cleveland Browns outside tackle 
Gregory or offensive tackle Gregory Robinson was arrested after U.S. border agents found 100, 157 pounds of marijuana in his car, officials said. Robinson, 27, and Jaquan Bray, 26, were charged in a federal complaint with conspiracy to possess with intent to distribute marijuana and possess in t- with possession and intent to distribute, according to the U.S. Attorney's Office for the Western District of Texas. Uh, this was said in a news release this week. If convicted, they could face up to 20 years in federal prison. Uh, and it looks like uh, Robinson played for the Rams most recently but played for cleveland 157 pounds that's why Uh, i wanted to put it on the agenda because you could can't you get it uh, in california can't you just drive to california you could could technically just yeah i mean it's it's legal i mean if if you're playing for the rams some shady you know up in humboldt county find some shady grower that'll give you 100 pounds of marijuana where the worst thing that happens to you is you you take it from from California to Texas, but yeah, he's he's dry. I mean, what is this? An episode of Locked Up Abroad? How do you think you're going to get 200 pounds of weed? Great show, by the way. It is a great show, but 200 200 pounds. How much? I mean, weed is light. It's like yeah, uh, it's like insulation. Maybe he was curling it. You know, he was he was getting yeah, into shape it. for the season. You sure, know? but yeah, he doesn't make a ton I of money. Be his lawyer. <laughs> but uh, I just thought that was a. Uh, I mean, I feel bad for the guy because he could go to it's jail for a man. long yeah, time. It's all good, man. <laughs> oh my goodness! But a hundred and fifty-seven pounds of marijuana. <laughs> so no intent to sell. I mean, he was just going to smoke all that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, over the course of the well, he maybe he knew the CBA was going to get ratified. Maybe and maybe. marijuana would no longer be a problem if you're tested positive for marijuana. So he figured he'd get through one hundred and fifty-seven pounds. <laughs> during the 2020 season is he making salads with he, he did play I mean. with cleveland so you don't need to be alert and aware when you're playing for the cleveland browns that isn't one of the prerequisites to play for the, the team. turf yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> this spot's not green enough <laughs> but wow uh next up the Bengals. this is another story that i know franny will like because he likes this particular player aj green's a good player the cincinnati you like all these cincinnati Bengals. the cincinnati <laughs> Bengals plan <laughs> to use the franchise tag on veteran wide receiver aj green as a long-term deal cannot be reached, according to Tyler Dragon like of you, the Bunny Cincinnati Bernard. Inquirer. Uh, long-term talks with Green have stalled uh, due to the CBA negotiations, and there's been reports that Green wants out of Cincinnati, way out of Cincinnati. So signing him to an extension isn't going to be easy. Green has told the Bengals he doesn't want to be franchised, but he also doesn't want to play there. Uh, so he doesn't have much <laughs> leverage to hold out after missing all of the 2019 season. Owner GM Mike Brown would be his is dead set on holding him or holding the 30 holding on to the 31 year old wideout who has played in only nine games in the past two seasons. Green will make 18.5 million if he's ultimately franchise tag. Franny, what say you about one of your favorite receivers? Well, I did pick him up disgruntled. in the draft. I picked him up in, the, in a fantasy draft. I did pick him up, but he never played, so I dropped him. But, uh, I mean, he's, he's a great <laughs> so he's a counts. great wide receiver. I mean, now not playing a couple of seasons in only nine games in the last two seasons, you know, I mean, you, you really have no leverage. I don't know how many teams are actually interested in signing A.J. Green. Must not be, for that amount of money. Yeah, but it's got to be a bunch, right? I mean, there's got to be a bunch of players. There must be. Or a, yeah, bunch, of, if, a bunch of teams that are interested. But if if he wants, you know, $18 million a year, I mean, which team is going to be willing to give this guy that Mine. much money? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, the Steelers need a wide receiver. Yeah, but would you pay that much for A.J. Green? I mean, he's over 30 now. If he was, you know, if, we're all in. if he was 27, 28 years old, you know, maybe. But, I mean, he's already over 30 now. But if we're all in on the season this year? 
and you need a receiver if you're if you're a Tom Brady team, if you pick up Tom Brady and you need another receiver, if you're the Colts and you pick up Phillip Rivers, do you want to throw potentially AJ Green out there on this one year attempt to get to the Super Bowl? There will be teams. Yeah, but it's out not there. a one year. It, or he, one he, or two he, or three he, years, whatever it is. Yeah, exactly. But if you're really looking for that guy to get you over the hump, there are teams. The Cowboys, if Amari Cooper uh, is know. not friend, if it is not transition tagged or franchise tagged. Huh. <laughs> so just the Seattle Seahawks, if for some reason. Well, they like the the old ones. You know, sure. even though yeah, Ty- I, Tyler Lockett came I mean, out against have, the CBA, they have Metcalf and Lockett over there. I mean, they're they're they have a. Oh, a fairly solid receiving core if they actually you know decide to throw the ball. Yeah, right. Well, I mean, allegedly that's the plan. Mm-hmm. Oh, come on. <laughs> it's coming up. That's for Sonia. Uh but yeah, so I I I think that they should probably franchise him and try to see what they can get out of him of this year and then let him go off to greener pastures next year and pick up a deal next year. Mm-hmm. But there are teams if he decides, out there though. Yeah, well, I mean, he doesn't have any choice if they franchise him. Yeah, no. But he did sit out the remainder of this season, even though he wasn't hurt, mm-hmm. because he clearly it was a complete crap show in Cleveland, as it probably will Cincinnati, be again, yeah. or uh, Cincinnati, as it probably will be again. Every year. You know, well, we'll see. You hope. Sonny, any, uh, any comment on uh, too tall A.J. Green? Nope. <laughs> All right, next up. Uh, Sonia, you may not know this because you haven't been on as many podcasts. Sorry. Recently, but we've been going through the NFL's top 100 players of all time oh. by position. We've done the quarterback position. We've done the wide receiver position and we've done the running back position. So we're going to go through a couple of defensive positions. We're probably not going to go through the. Wait, wait, all- wait. Or do you guys still make fun of the, the oldies? There's no, actually, uh, you know does. just looking at <laughs> the screen, looking at the screen. Last right week now, we had a couple. Yeah. There is nobody wearing a leather helmet. <laughs> on the screen. So. Well, you can't see it in uh, Chuck and Bobby. But. Yeah, but Bobby, by that point, they had normal helmets. What year is that? Oh, I'm sorry. 6374. Chuck yeah, yeah. Bednarik, one of the all-time oh, okay, great that, Eagles there. Yeah, okay, him. But even then, they, they, it was not a leather helmet. You sure about that? Yeah, in the 40s, I think they were up to yeah. that. I think they had like a steel. Was, I mean, it wasn't it, like, it wasn't <laughs> aluminum. But I mean, it was metal. I think it was, it was a helmet. It was probably like some kind of a stainless steel or something. Oh, my God. Actually, we should probably know that. Uh, but yeah, so we're just going to go <laughs> through some. I don't some, think we should know. Some of the. You know, uh, 49 to 62. The NFL. And there's Chuck Bednarik wearing his <laughs> aluminum helmet running onto the field. The Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, oh, wait. He was just drafted. But this was an interesting list. I mean, this is one of the, the 1960 <laughs> championship. <laughs> one of the more marquee positions in the league. His cleats are made from nails. The nails are sticking to the turf. <laughs> Just the heads of the nails resting against yeah. the sole of your foot. So when oh you raise God. your foot off, it keeps pushing the nails into the ground. Uh, we got, yeah, we got Chuck Bagnarek from 1949 to 1962. Bobby Bell, 1963 to 74. Derek Brooks. Of the Tampa yeah, Bay he Buccaneers. He deserves to be on there. Hero. Oh, yeah. Really? He doesn't get enough credit. You know, everybody talks Warren about Warren Sapp. Nobody talks about Derek Brooks. Yeah, and he definitely deserves to be on this list. Dick Butkus, of course, 1965 to 73, belongs on this list. Jack Ham oh. of the Pittsburgh oh, of Steelers, 1971 to 1982. And Jack Lambert, 1974 to 1984. Two linebackers on the yeah. top 100 from the same team. That tells you how good that defense was. Ted Hedricks from the Raiders, 1969 to 1983. <laughs> Willie Lanier, another underrated linebacker, 1967 to 77. Ray Lewis, of course, has to make this list, 1996 to 2012. Joe Schmidt, 
Hard to make out that black and white photograph from 1953 what team? to 1965. It's Who a, knows? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure. Who knows? Well, I mean, I'm sure that I can. I, I, I want to hear. I want to hear how Ben says the next next player's name. Oh, Junior well, Seau. Everybody knows Junior Seau. Junior okay. Seau. From, I thought he was going to say Sue. The Dominican Sue. Yeah. Uh, Junior Seau, 1990 to 2009. Rest in peace, Lawrence Aww. Taylor, 1981 wow. to 1993. Yeah, Lawrence Taylor also. Probably the best yeah. of all of the folks that are on this list. I uh, had a couple snubs. Brian Urlacher probably should be on this list in place of some of these black and Joe white Schmidt. photos. And Von Miller of the Denver yeah. Broncos, as good yeah, a actually, linebacker yeah. as I've ever seen mm-hmm. in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. And just because he's still playing doesn't mean he shouldn't be on this list. Exactly. Exactly. That's a good one right there, Ben. For sure. But what do you think of this? Uh, I, I, I also like this this opportunity for Franny to make fun of uh, I'm not making, I'm, some of the players. No, but their, just like uh, you said, I mean, like, you know, Joe Schmidt and, you know, uh, uh, Bobby Bell. I mean, you know, these, I mean, I'm not going to say anything about Chuck Benaric. <laughs> yeah, but look <laughs> at, but look at but, but, I mean, Benaric, though. Yeah. Huh. I mean, look at his, I mean, look at the head on him. I mean, yeah. I know he it plays like, like someone transposed another bo- uh, face on. I mean, on I know he side. played like eight different positions. They photoshopped him they back did. then. But we had a couple last week, uh, Sonia, and, and the uh, here you go. Here's Earl Dutch Clark, the running back from last week. This was the one that Franny made fun of here. Oh, from, shame <laughs> on y'all. 1931 and 1938, he's wearing some thermals, got, well, got some long underwear and a Marion helmet. Marion yeah. over there kind of looks a little funny, too, though. Yeah. Uh yeah, that was that was the first That's, stainless steel helmet right there. It didn't <laughs> didn't do much to yeah, keep people Jim safe. Jim Brown's helmet don't that that looks like what we've got sitting in that cabinet. <laughs> yeah, Jim Brown. The one, one thing that's missing on this list, I think, I know they went through it by position. Oh, Jay. Uh, wow. But one of the things that would have been nice to to have had is just I know they all play different positions, but maybe say a top five, top ten all time. Oh. In any position. Oh, that's in there. That would have been an interesting thing. I mean, they talk about it in basketball all the time, right? You know, Jordan, LeBron. You know, they, they talk Kobe. about, you know, Kobe, who's the best of all time. And I know they're, they're different types of players, but I, yeah. w- I would have liked to have seen like a yeah, top like 10 a, all time. 70s, 80s, 90s. I mean, you know, it's, it's definitely, I mean, because you, you can't, you really can't compare the athletic ability from some dude from the 30s with a dude from the 90s or today or even the 80s. It, it's, it's just, it's completely different. The yeah, game but, has changed. Yeah, these are the only pictures they have of Joe Schmidt and Chuck McDark when they're not smoking. Uh, yeah, and that's his wedding Like they're not smoking <laughs> cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> or drinking scotch during the game. Yeah, I mean they, they, they you know, the original. Oh they had the God. the Chiefs, the Chiefs, uh, quarterbacks picture from the last time they were in the Super Bowl fifty yep. years ago, and he's smoking a cigarette and drinking a soda and a glass and, bottle and, and, and a glass bottle at halftime. That's how these guys used to play. And sitting on a lawn chair, right? Yeah, and sitting yeah. on like an old steel chair from an auditorium at a at a <laughs> at a convention See, where they're they trying to teach you how to buy and sell then. real estate. Yeah. It was tougher back then. None of this. I don't think it was tougher. I think it was uh, a little bit more relaxed. Yeah. If you're smoking and smoking well, cigars, they didn't have all those pads either that these guys have. So uh, they, got, they got. They got. It was old you know, newspaper they... articles <laughs> tucked under their shirt. <laughs> Titanic sink. Oh, <laughs> Lord in heaven. All right, Friday. What's next up on the big board? Uh, next up on the big board, Ben. Wait, where's your feel good story, actually? Uh, because oh, that. Oh, I do have. Hold yeah, on. Yeah, We're yeah, only yeah. on number story. one? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We've been waiting an hour uh, in. Fifty minutes, fifty minutes, Sonia. We're and, waiting. Uh, we're we waiting. We usually get through everything else pretty quickly. Oh. This is, you know, the the news is the news of the day. This is the most important. This thing. is the meat this of is, the the the. So what's the podcast. it? Okay. This is the bacon in the bacon, egg and cheese of no. Thirsting Old Podcast. Okay. Exactly. All right, I do have a feel good story. That okay. is true. Where's and, the music? And uh, you know, Franny loves my feel good stories. I love the music. 
This is another good one for Sonya. Yeah. It has to do with dogs. This is Warwick Dunn All right. of your Tampa Bay Why Buccaneers. Why are they mine? <laughs> Where else did he play? He played for Tampa his entire career. Did he play anywhere else? I'm not. I'm not I don't remember, but I don't know why it's they're mine. Eagle. <laughs> it's your, because he reminds me of Darren Sproles. Warwick Dunn of the Tampa oh. Bay Buccaneers. Through his nonprofit, Warwick Dunn Charities and a partnership with Habitat for Humanity, Dunn gifted single mom Latoya Reed and her 18-year-old son a fully furnished two-bedroom home located in the dirty, dirty in St. Saint Petersburg, Florida, according to, according to the Tampa Bay Times. But this is not the first time that 44-year-old Warwick Dunn has helped a single mother into their first home. In fact... LaToya is now the 173rd recipient of a home presented by Dunn's Foundation. Wow. The former football star was inspired to help other single mothers after his mom, Betty Smothers, was shot to death at the age of 36 during a robbery, just days before Dunn was set to turn 18. Oh, my God. After that, Dunn cared for his other five siblings taking up the many responsibilities his mom had held as a single parent. So he has donated or allowed people to move into for free 173 single mothers. Uh, wow. Generally speaking, I think mostly in the Florida area, but this is an amazing, amazing accomplishment for work done, a class act all the way. Sonia, what say you? I, I awesome. think that's fabulous. What a, what a great guy. Yeah. Why yeah. can't all of them do something like that? Because there's people like Antonio Brown out there. That are just douches. Yeah, and he uh, he doesn't have a single. <laughs> Son is waiting. For he you doesn't. To say he doesn't <laughs> and he doesn't treat his the mother of his child particularly yeah, well. And you didn't treat you didn't her. All right, I'll finish this. Come on. Uh, yeah, he, no, 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 no. All right, Tanya's no, pouring no, me no, another no, one. No, no. Antonio, no. I mean, you, you saw just the video when he more. threw the the bag of dicks at her, the, the gummy dicks he threw at her. I can't do anything with my left hand. I mean, I mean, there you go. It is worse than an episode of Cops when you're a little bit you're 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 using profanity to to describe the mother of your children as she's getting into a police car in front of your house with your kids well the worst part about I mean, it is, is, and, you, and you have millions of dollars the worst part about it is is he says all those things and he's like, take him out of the trailer love you see you later yeah <laughs> it's like you, you just yeah. bad mouth love that. you see you later your mother's a c-word yeah, 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 yeah. i mean but make sure your mother knows she's a straight up b there are guys out there like warwick dunn and everybody else that you've recognized in these feel-good stories, Ben, they definitely do deserve a mention because you hear a lot about this negative yep. bullshit, and that's that wonderful music right Sorry, there. Sorry, I so, didn't mean to hit it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Frontier was making a point here. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, but it's it's great that you're you know you're bringing this all these to life. I love it. Yeah. Yes. That that was a good one. Uh, I'm I, sure it's hard to I, find them. I have the. It isn't easy to. It isn't easy to find I'm these sure stories. There, actually, there are a lot of guys out there that do good things. It's just that it's it's not for the media. It's just not interesting to talk about. Never you is. Know? You always want to talk no. about the bad shit. Yep. But nobody wants to hear about the good stuff that these players are actually doing for their communities. I agree. And a lot of it is they donated a thousand dollars here, or a hundred thousand dollars there, or ten thousand dollars there. Yeah. Those are easy to find, but finding the the guys that are really engaged in. Like uh, and it's like not, uh, it's what's not, his name? You know, uh, Long. Yeah, yeah. Chris yeah, Long. Yeah, yeah. Engaged in a legit project yep. mm-hmm. with partnerships to try to bring clean drinking water to people that don't awesome. have it. Yeah. Uh, anyone can. I mean, not that they sh- not that it should be made light of, but anybody can donate a hundred thousand dollars here or ten thousand dollars there, which is great. But to actually be engaged in 
something like this, which probably requires him to put in a lot yeah. of his own time mm-hmm. to find these homes, to coordinate with Habitat for Humanity and actually locate and the, the women. You know, the right recipients for it, too. You know, I mean, it, I'm sure there are people that... Uh, I wonder what the selection that, criteria is. Yeah, no, but I'm, I'm, I'm sure the there, dirty, there, dirty. There, are, there are those there are those people that apply for these sort, certain things. I'm yeah. sure there's you know uh, yeah sort of applications that people sign up for, and so you know he he has to look into you know the recipients of I know how do you turn down like the thousands yeah, of exactly, others? So. You know, I mean, he could be you know mock playing guitar in a band in his basement like Antonio Brown. <laughs> uh, but work done has decided to do something else with his life. Something, something positive, and you're just going to get positive the and productive. <laughs> Uh, so I told you around, you are not going to be a guitar player and you're never going to be able to hold a candle to Warwick Dunn or Chris Long or a lot of these other players that we have talked to or talked about, uh, and Jenkins as well. And Malcolm you know. Jenkins doing really, really amazing work. Uh, in most cases, better work than many of their, their team owners are doing. Mm-hmm. All right, Friday. What's next up on the big board? Next up on the big board, Ben, is our shout outs. To our fellow podcasters out there, a couple of promotions, actually. All right. We'll be right back with some promotions to our fellow independent podcasters. All right. And we are back. And Ben, you're going to make a couple of shout outs to our fellow podcasters out there. Yes, please. All of our loyal listeners and our new listeners as well thank you all to all of our listeners out there and if you are out there listening to our show please consider heading over to our website thirstinggold.busprout.com or search thirsting gold podcast on the web and please 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 subscribe to our show tell a friend a family member a coworker, a stranger anyone grab their phone get their <laughs> podcatcher put our podcast in their podcatcher tell them we are a show about football fun friends bourbon and beer reviews the best nfl and drinking podcast in the universe but we also want to give a shout out to some of our fellow independent nfl podcasts out there we are all working hard for the love of the game uh you probably heard an airplane fly over earlier we record this podcast outside every single week come rain come shine come cold come warm so that's where football should be played. A lot of independent shows out there that are working really hard, and we really, really like these shows, and we want you all to give them a try. The first one is the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. Hold tight, everybody. Hey, Seahawks fans. It's the guys over at the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. I'm Bill Alvstead. And I'm Keith Myers. And first and foremost, we're Seahawks fans just like you. We know you want smart, intelligent football talk with up-to-date, all-original content. How about consistency? We've been delivering a new show each and every week for three years running. We know you're listening, but how about your Seahawks friends and family? Let them know they can find us at SeahawksPlaybook.com. Or you can also subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast apps such as iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, CastBox, and many others. So until we meet up again, go Hawks! All right, that is the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. This show is hosted by Keith Myers and Bill Alfstead. They have run 157 consecutive weeks, and they have just begun their fourth year covering the Seattle Seahawks. Their website is SeahawksPlaybook.com, and you can find them on Every major podcast application out there, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, CastBox, 
Guest box. <laughs> this is hosted by Keith Myers, as I said, as well as Bill Ofsted. Keith is also the head writer at Twelfth Man Rising, a Seahawks oh, website. <laughs> uh, he can his writing can also be found at the NFL Spin Zone, Bleacher Report, and the Fan Sided Network. He has appeared as a guest on numerous podcasts and radio shows. Bill Ofsted is the founder and producer of the Seahawks Playbook podcast and he was an original season ticket holder at 11 years old for the Aww. seattle seahawks at 1976 and he's held season tickets Aww. all the way until 1989 uh he is an nfl draft nut and has been closely following the draft for nearly 30 years love to have him on to talk about that and he has appeared at three drafts in person and we may do that on april 23rd if we can figure out a way to make it happen. We have another pod or another uh, shout out to promo to another podcast. The next one is the Steelers outpost podcast. The steel curtain, big Ben, Yinsberg, Antonio, uh, Le'Veon, mean Joe, uh, Green. Yeah, mean Joe, the immaculate reception, Monongahela, the Steelers outpost podcast. I'm Tom Serena. I'm Nick Serena. And we may be homers, but we're honest homers. Join us for our weekly podcast where we separate facts from fiction on all things Pittsburgh Steelers. Subscribe and listen to the Steelers Outpost podcast anywhere podcasts are heard. Follow us on Twitter at Steelers Outpost. Bye bye. That is the Steelers Outpost podcast. That was a good one. Yeah, I like that, these guys. That, that, that one was pretty hilarious, actually. The, the the sound effects and everything. They're awesome. And the bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> these guys give you updates, background, opinions, and lively conversation about the black and gold. Lifelong Steelers fans living outside of Pittsburgh, building a community of fans. You can find them at Steelers Outpost on Twitter and Instagram. You can find them at SteelersOutpost.com and at our SteelersOutpost at gmail.com if you'd like to contact them direct we have one more promo for you i'm daniel and i'm adam welcome to the goal line fade podcast join us each week as we talk all things nfl whether it's news fantasy football or game breakdowns during the year or deep dives into the draft free agency and predictions going into the offseason we know you'll have fun joining us for our unique takes on the nfl with new episodes every Thursday morning all throughout the offseason, we know we'll have content you will enjoy. So hopefully we'll see you next week. All right. That is the Goal Line Fade podcast hosted by Adam Gorzen and Daniel Brennan. These guys are awesome. Join them every single week as they recap each and every game of the NFL season and the offseason with some news, fantasy picks, and a whole lot of opinions. You can find them at their website. Look for the link in the show notes or on Twitter. At goal line fade, substitute a one for the I in goal line. All right, Franny, what's next up on the big board? Next up on the big board, Ben, is our tag team news, our Thurston goal news. Your Steelers, Sonya Seahawks, and my Eagles. All right. First up, we got a little bit of Eagles news. This is really, really good stuff. I think they're news. There are Carson (laughs) Wentz fans out there. This is an interesting little tidbit. Carson Wentz led the NFL in accurately thrown deep passes that went incomplete in 2019. (laughs) However, Wentz's deep accuracy remains high in spite of 31.37 completion percentage thanks to 12 accurate incompletions that came through the hands of his receiving talent. He stood out throwing 26 
uh, 26 to 30 yards, fifth in the league, as well as 41 plus yards, seventh in the league, and was great against edge pressure and outside the pocket, ranking sixth in both categories. All in all, he was able to put together a great season of deep passing, even with the setbacks at the skill positions. So he was one of the NFL's best deep throwers in that's the league good. last year. If only somebody could catch the fucking ball. Yeah. That's all they needed. And with all the injuries at the end of the season, it was amazing what he could do with that receiving core because it was all guys that we'd never heard of before. <laughs> Except for Ertz, obviously, and Goddard. But, you know, Ward and, and uh, I mean, even even Hollins had a few catches and he's had like only 26 his entire career. But, uh, no, he was actually pretty good towards the end of the season. Yeah, and, and the reason I wanted to bring this up, I mean, we're homers here. Franny's a homer for the Eagles. I'm the Steelers <laughs> fan. And we're homers. S- we're homers. Sonia's more of a Marge. <laughs> Sonia's more, yeah, she's yeah, she's more of a Lois, <laughs> Lois or a Marge. She doesn't want to have any part of this. <laughs> oh, uh, but uh, uh, he get enough. He, he didn't, but they he really keep didn't talking about whether or not he's a franchise quarterback. But I think this is just yet one more statistic that he was the best, if not close to the best, deep ball thrower yeah. in the league for for balls that either were caught or should have. Yeah. Been caught. Yeah. And I think that bodes well for the Eagles going on down the road. Anything to say about uh, Carson Wentz? Sonia, one of your favorite quarterbacks? I feel bad. Stop. <laughs> Red Rider Part 2? <laughs> Stop. This is a, another interesting bit of Eagles news. Jason Peters is headed to a new team after 11 years in Philadelphia. According to the team, Jason Peters is going to be allowed to let are allowed to hit the free agent market this off season after 11 seasons shutting down the likes of JJ Watt and Khalil Mack and Aaron Donald and shutting those guys down uh the team may also be this is this I thought I had to read it three times the team <laughs> may also be a landing spot for LaShawn McCoy, who will not be brought back. That's pretty interesting. By the Chiefs. I actually didn't, I didn't hear about the LaShawn McCoy news, but... Um, Reunited I, and it feels so good. Yeah, I know, but same thing with the Deshaun Jackson this year. We thought he'd be you know, coming back and make some big plays. And, well, at least and he was he played you under know, 50. A game. Um, but no, LaShawn McCoy... Bring back Frank I, I love, as well. uh, don't get me wrong. I loved LaShawn McCoy when he was younger. And actually able to stay 30s? healthy, uh, but now he's he's you know he's a little bit older now, and and uh, you know I wouldn't want to waste a, a roster spot on Lashawn McCoy. Uh, as far as uh, Jason Peters, though, um, I, I think it's it's really time for him to hang up the cleats. I mean he's a he's a he's he's a great lineman. I mean he had a long career. I would hate to see him in in another jersey, um, but. When he's healthy, he's great, but he just is not healthy not that often. The yeah. last couple of seasons, he has not been able to stay on the field. But watching him even in all or nothing, involved in the game all the way through on I mean, offense is, of and course, on defense, but, you know, just a class act, and able to really shut down single-handedly some of the premier rushers when he's healthy. in the league when he's healthy. When he's healthy. <laughs> uh, but I've always been a big Jason Peters fan. These guys are not easy to find. I know you drafted Dillard. Dillard, you know, the 2019 draft. So I hope that he works out and it's hard to pay, you know, two people at the semi. They're not paying Dillard, but, you know, it's mm-hmm. hard to have those two two roster spots locked up. Uh, so I hope they do something nice for Jason Peters on his way out the door. But what do you think about LaShawn McCoy via Buffalo, via Kansas City, back to the Eagles? What do you think about getting him on the cheap? I 
I did mention it earlier, just like uh, two minutes ago. Like I said. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, he was great, you know, with the Eagles yeah. when he was younger. But uh, he, he also hasn't been able to stay on the field um, as of late. And, uh, you know, I mean, it would be great to be reunited with him, but he's not going to play for free. Um, so I would I would hate In other to, words, to waste no. uh, uh, another, a another spot another. on him. Ben. Another byproduct <laughs> of uh, six days of jury duty is apparently <laughs> impaired short-term memory. That's the first guy I mentioned before. That's I, the first I thing started talking said. about Peters. But <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to read. I'm reading the agenda. I'm focused on the computer. These guys don't cut me any slack. Uh, okay. Yeah, so he's, on, he's like, just do your job and there, shut up. Is this thing on? Is, this, <laughs> is there an echo? Is this, is this, <laughs> uh, what do you think about uh, LaShawn McCoy coming back? <laughs> All right, next up. Here's this, our feel-good story. Yes. <laughs> hey, what do you think about work done, Sonia? Oh, my God. All right, so next up from the obvious department, the Steelers need a tight end. Uh, Vance McDonald has started the past three seasons, but he has a, he had a career-low 7.2 yards per catch last season. Many games, either with one catch or no catches, he will, catch, he will count a little over $7 million against the salary cap if he remains on the roster as a free agent and less than $1.5 million if he is released and the Steelers are right now over the cap uh, with the Steelers already having the least amount of cap space among all the 32 teams in the league. McDonald could be a cap casualty. Uh, according, you know, depending on the 2020 allotment backup, Nick Vanette, who's not stellar either was acquired in an early season trade with your Seattle Seahawks. Sonia oh. is an unrestricted free agent and caught just 13, 13 passes the entire season. This uncertainty is one reason the Steelers could target a tight end in the second round or earlier if they trade up, no matter if they add a veteran in free agency agency or retain McDonald or Vanette or not. Once league business opens on March 18th, Cole Komet out of Notre Dame, Bryson Hopkins out of Purdue, Jared Pinckney out of Vanderbilt, who I like, or Hunter Bryant out of Washington. But the Steelers were a complete shit show at the tight end position last year. Vance McDonald, not only was he not targeted when he was targeted, he came up short. He hasn't been stellar in the blocking game either. I mean, he had that one great play when Roethlisberger, the year before when he, I don't know, he knocked a guy in his ass mm-hmm. and it was all over Sports Center for a couple of days. But he's been a complete bust in Pittsburgh. And after all of those years with Heath Miller out there, I mean, teams that have solid tight ends like the Eagles with Ertz and Goddard. And over the years, the Seattle Seahawks have had, you know, they had uh, Will Disley until he got hurt. Hollister came up big for you guys this yeah, year. It was okay. But you got to have a tight end. So I'm hoping the Steelers hey, pick Jason one up. Witten is available. He might be available for you, Ben. Him and Roethlisberger, are they the same age? <laughs> I, I think they might be the same age. They're, they're, they're pretty close right there. Uh, but yeah, the Steelers got to pick up a tight end. I don't know if you guys have any maybe, maybe Maybe Antonio Gates wants to come back. Didn't he? Did he retire? I don't know. Maybe but... Tony Gonzalez will come back. <laughs> <laughs> but Antonio Gates just they retired like last in... year, right? You just uh, stay, yeah. stay away from Antonio's. Um, <laughs> so where are you in the in the draft order? Uh, uh, non-existent. Oh, okay. we have a second round pick and a fourth round pick. You guys and gave up a six a lot, and a seven, right? a two six and a seventh. I think. Who'd you give up? But your we have picks no first for? and no third. But they have an excellent new quarter cornerback. <laughs> yeah, Minka Fitzpatrick. <laughs> yeah, Minka and Fitzpatrick who's that, who's was that, a first and a third. But who's that quarterback that you bought a jersey? Uh, uh Devlin Hodges. Okay, good. PJ Walker's Devlin. coming from the XFL Everybody to the Steelers, that. baby. Are we giving away the jersey on the podcast? <laughs> yeah, we are. We're going to give it away at the beginning of the year if he's still on the roster. Because believe me, there will be Steelers fans out there that want to show that to their grandchildren and say, 
you know, only his knows? grandma wants to show yeah. it. <laughs> this guy played four games in the NFL. Maybe next year, he'll, you know, Roethlisberger will go down and he'll lead us to to Nick Foles. You know, <laughs> tree. Pity, pity in the Super Bowl. <laughs> oh you know, God. somehow end up uh, winning a Super Bowl. But yeah, we need to pick up a tight end because the Steelers are a tough nosed running team. You know, and tight ends play into that mm-hmm. significantly, and we got to have a tight end. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Next up, we got a little bit of Seahawks news. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. Seattle may send the clown show that is Jadavion (laughs) Clowney back to the circus. According to a report from Dan Graziano, what a great football name, and Jeremy Fowler of ESPN, it's unlikely Seattle goes to 18 million or 20 million per year for a player that had 3.5 sacks in 2019 and one quarterback. One dirty hit. And one quarterback. You know, a casualty at the end of the season. The Seahawks value him highly, but they don't want to break the bank for him. Yep. Clowney could be looking to try and blow the top off the edge rusher market, especially if so many of his fellow free agents are getting franchised. This is an interesting, interesting little bit of news, but the Seahawks are looking to trade for Jacksonville's Yannick Ngakwe, who is a fucking amazing edge rusher. Uh, and he's guaranteed $19.3 million in 2020 and takes one edge rusher off the market, though the Jags could try to trade him to the Seattle Seahawks. What do you think about going after Ndakwe or signing Clowney? Sonia. Get rid of Clowney. Um, I, I don't know who Ndakwe is. He's amazing. Okay. <laughs> he's a little bit of a headache in the locker room, but so is Clowney. Yeah. I mean, Clowney's a headache on the field and off the field. That's a lot of money that he's asking for. Three and a half sacks this year. Yeah. Uh, he also had, uh, you know, in the in the playoff game against Green Bay. I mean, he he made some bonehead moves in that game, um, some offside calls, and I mean, you got to be smart. That. If, that if you want to be paid twenty million dollars, you got to play like a twenty million dollar player. Yeah, but the Jags are looking to move Yannick Ngakwe, and uh, looks like uh, your general manager, whose name escapes me at the moment. Schneider. Uh, what's his first name? John. John Schneider. Uh, there was a little <laughs> bit of there was a little bit of a, a some scuttlebutt that they may be looking to trade for Ngakwe, doing everything in their power not to sign an offensive lineman. This is the goal, I think, of John Schneider and Pete Carroll to see if they can go twelve or fourteen straight years with the worst offensive line in the NFC West. That apparently is the goal. Yeah, if if they the should Seahawks, not be tra- they should have they traded for there was an offensive uh, Okung got traded for a bunch of you know uh, they got I can't remember Okung was traded for for a couple players this week but they're all offensive linemen on the move uh, Tunsil was on the move last year could have went to Seattle Peters is available Peters is available as well uh, there were a couple other offensive linemen that moved around last year there the, the, but the the fact that they're considering trading away a bunch of draft picks for another defensive player when they the best thing that they could do for that team is to buttress that offensive line and protect their quarterback yep and so if, if, if they have how many i don't know how many picks they have if they have one, five or six two, picks three, in the draft four, every five. single pick should be an offensive lineman we've got five picks. yeah what are your picks next year i have round one seattle two seattle but there's some sort of a contingency thing because they traded <laughs> frank clark <laughs> um to kansas but there's like some sort of Missouri. A, Huh? Oh, stop. Uh, I want to congratulate the great state of Kansas. Stop. Okay. <laughs> it is an easy mistake to make. I mean, you would think that Kansas City would. I mean, it does. Half of it does lie in Kansas, but I wanna, the other half I wanna, does I wanna, lie. I congratulate the Carson in... City Mad Dogs for oh my winning for the great state of Carson. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Okay. What are your rest of your picks? Okay. Anyways. Uh, 
Oh, look, Seahawks landed safety. Okay, the seventh round pick was surrendered as part of a deal with New England for Jacob Hollister. Okay, yeah, so we've got round one, round two, uh, round three, we traded to Houston for the clown. Uh, round four, round five, six, and that's it. Yeah, so you have a first, a second, and a third. We have a first, second, and a fourth. And a fourth. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, I think I think you should take a, an offensive lineman in oh, the first yeah, round. Definitely. Yeah, so according to them, they believe they need an edge rusher, a cornerback, an interior offensive line, or three. How about an ent- <laughs> how about an, an how entire about, offensive? How about, how about line? a tackle and a guard? How yeah, about a right tackle, a left a, tackle, offensive tackle, Center. defensive line? Because there's a couple so basically guys, it's the whole team. They need because Britt and another guy they're thinking about letting go. They're thinking about letting two of the offensive linemen walk. Yeah. So that's going to be. I, I just it, yeah, it shocks me that they don't have offensive linemen number one, number two, and number three. I mean, in the first round at least. I mean. It, it, in the last three years or four years, Come on, it, give him, give him some be. time. I think, I think some we'll, time. He's yeah. been in the league for six years. By the time Russell Wilson is fifty years old, he'll have a good offensive line. <laughs> I know, but it's what's he'll go going, and play from New England. <laughs> is this his sixth season or seventh season in the league? I think it might be his seventh season in the league for for Russell Wilson. Oh, and he has he's yet, been around for yeah, I'd say at least uh, eight, eight years eight now. Years. Yeah, eight years, and he has yet to play behind an offensive line, a solid. Like Troy, but we've like made the playoffs except for one year, so I think we're pretty good. Yeah, but you could be. Well, we can't. Better. He can't continue be to be a cartoon. I mean, character. that's 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 where you're the one who's boasting Ben Roethlisberger well, for the we last always five have a, years. Well, we always have an offensive line, so we could drop back and throw. Yeah. yeah. Why is he always out? He's he's, old. he's never out. There you go. This was the he's first time he was out. out. No, and, and, and also he, he was out with his elbow. Then he was out with his finger. Then he was out. he's been fairly healthy. I mean, he's missed very few games. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I, I can so, bring it. I can bring on, it up. I'm going to bring it up. Yeah, bring it up. You're going to be disappointed by the number of games he I misses. I'll be disappointed. Yeah, actually, I don't not care. a lot of games, and it's 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 his own fault that he's out of games. We had that motorcycle accident, right? Way back. Yeah, way back when he was still young. But I mean, that's the only reason why he was sort of injured. But he's been fairly healthy for a guy that you know is not the most mobile quarterback that can get away from pressure. But he's 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 a strong dude. Yeah, I, don't know I mean, where to look. Sonia just does <laughs> not like. Okay. I just don't like him. All right, but that's the end of the. <laughs> unless you want to talk about the uh, right. Yannick Ngakwe potential trade uh, for Yannick Ngakwe, that is the end of the NFL news. Uh, that's the tag team news, Ben. Or the tag team news. Yeah. Friday, what's next up on the big board? Next up on the big board, Ben, that you apparently don't pay attention to. <laughs> Even though you write the agenda, uh, it's the XFL week five and six. Is anybody still watching this? Uh, what was the? Did anyone know what the viewership was this past uh, for this past week? I thought you enjoyed it. I, I like. No, it. it was. It was. It's better than the AAF. But like me and Ben have said multiple times, they should definitely start the season a little bit later. After the Super Bowl, maybe a month after the Super Bowl, when people are a little a hungry for some football. And pick a day. Yeah, 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 exactly. We talked about that last week. Yeah, pick mm-hmm. one day or the other. Uh, just a quick wrap up for you guys. The Houston Roughnecks were heads and tails the best team in the league, if you ask me. Houston Roughnecks beat the Seattle Dragons. Sorry, Sonia, 32 to 23. <laughs> I won my bet on that game. I took the Roughnecks and the Seattle Dragons, but I also took the over and the Roughnecks in that game on a teaser. Won that one. The Guardians. Win over the Dallas Renegades 30 to 12. I lost miserably on that one. Uh, tomorrow we got the St. Louis Battlehawks taking on the DC Defenders and the Tampa Bay Vipers at our LA Wildcats. I wonder how much an LA Wildcats like t shirt is. It's probably $2 now. I think, like, well, I think the, the minimum the season, is like 14 bucks. It was probably like $15 at the beginning of the season, but now I'm sure it's, you know, on clearance for like $2 on the, 
you know, eighty percent off rack. But uh, you know, the XFL is still it's still going strong. Uh, the viewership is you know not what it was earlier yeah, it's, in it's, the it's, season. It's really fallen. I mean, it, it it was even even at the beginning of the season. I think it was maybe maybe two million viewers. Whereas now it's, it's probably closer to one million, possibly. Yeah, and that's too bad because I think uh, people like PJ Walker deserve eyeballs on them. Uh, you know, but it has been a little bit of a, a hard road. I mean, and Franny and I discussed this at you know early on in the season that it was a little bit wonky to start the season right after the NFL. The week after. The week after the NFL season ended when even, you know, hardcore fans like like Franny, myself, and Sonia we were still talking a little about bit the, of a breather. We were still talking about the Super Bowl. Yeah, well, I mean, you even know? on the episode after that, I mean, we covered the Super Bowl for like two straight weeks after yeah. the game because that's how big of an well, event no, it is. You're talking I about think... salaries. You're talking about the draft. I mean, you're still talking about the NFL. I mean, the NFL is a 12-month season where, you know, give people a little bit of time to uh, sort of I relax. I don't know. I, I, I sort of disagree. I think what they did was right. While people were on this high of playing uh, watching football every Sunday. They were dedicated. They knew what they were going to do every Sunday. After the Super Bowl, it was like, now what? And you get a little discombobulated. That's why they went ahead and... What do I do with my life? Yeah, what do we do? <laughs> so they quickly inserted the XFL, but uh, it's so hard to... But, you know, settle know. on one day. You know, not Saturday, Sunday, just settle one day. Sunday, you have, you know, there's only eight teams in the league, so you have four games. Big deal. That's what you should have done. Yeah, the uh, viewers dropped yeah. for the third consecutive week, weeks two to three to four. The viewership is now down to one point four million dollars over or one million people, million people <laughs> uh, in the fourth week of the season, which is a pretty small number of people in a country with three hundred and fifty million people. Uh, Super Bowl, I think, had over ninety million people watching that game, or more than that, I think. Well, I mean, in in on the planet, I, I would say it's. You know, way more than that, yeah. But in, in the U.S. itself, I think it's closer to well, like maybe hundred million. Well, who's the best team right now? It looks like it's the Roughnecks. Yeah, the Roughnecks are five and zero. Nice. I mean, come on, everybody knows the Roughnecks. What division do they play? No, okay. <laughs> the second division. The second. There's one and two. <laughs> All right, so Sonia, have you? Did you watch any games? Nope. Have you watched any games in the recent past? Nope. What? Not of the XFL? No. I mean, is anybody really excited about this anymore? I mean, it, no. it, it's, it's, it was fun. Bad, it was fun. You know, it was fun. We thought it, it, might, it might be something. It is better than the AAF, but it's still, you know, semi-pro football. And it and, uh, looks like people are sort of growing a little bored of it. So Yeah, I just, uh, just wanted to tell Sonia. Oh, last, no, here he goes. Let's last see. few years, Ben Roethlisberger, 2018, 16 games. 2017, <laughs> really 15 are. games. 2016, 14 games. 2015, 11 games. 14, uh-huh. 16 games. 13, 16 games. 2012, 16 games. 2011, 15 games. 2010, 12 games. 15, 16, 15, 15, 12, and 13 going back hold on, hold on, to his rookie year. That's not bad. Hold on, hold on. So I'm hoping Franny will back me up on this one. Wait, 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 That's not wait, wait, bad. Where do you see the games? I'm sorry. The uh, game started. Two. Oh, game started. Okay, he started He started 16 games. Okay, let's look at his numbers. <laughs> you really don't like Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah. This is like I just not a big she's fan. Like a, she's like don't. an English teacher grading yeah. a paper here. Let's That's look right. at his uh, the completion percentage. Well, okay, sixty-seven point zero. Snake emoji. <laughs> Snake emoji. <laughs> <laughs> I like Ben Roethlisberger. Okay. No right. way. <laughs> yeah. You know he's rounded into. I mean, he he started as Antonio Brown, and he's ending up as you know a much classier version of himself. So you got to give him a little he's bit matured. of credit. He's matured. He's a you know. redwood. 
<laughs> he is a he's a redwood, but he he's not exciting to watch. Yeah, he only threw for five thousand yards. I mean, I, I know how I know how terrible that must be to watch. Okay, do you want me to leave so you guys can circle jerk him or what? <laughs> well, I mean, you're making it sound like he's Kirk Cousins nice. or something. I'm allowed to dislike the man. Yeah, Ben. Fair enough. Fair okay. Enough. And Franny and I are trying to help you get an offensive line for your quarterback. That's okay. All right, Franny. What's next? I'm on the big board. Sonia is leaving the podcast. <laughs> yeah. She's walking away from the table. Don't throw the microphone, Sonia. Yeah. Uh, so next up, Ben on the big board. Amazon's all or nothing. Sonia, have you watched any of it? No, apparently he goes and hides in the garage to watch it. All right, well, we'll talk a little bit about that. Yes, Amazon's all or nothing. That little kid screaming. It's like Why a- is there a kid screaming? He's an Eagle fan. Oh, he's excited. Oh, that the That's Eagle? how I sound. <laughs> you have to be able to work as a family have to nurture it every single day. This is the promo. This is the this is the all or nothing promo. All right, Jeffrey, Jeffrey Lurie is like, it sounds he sounds boring when he's you know yeah. there's like that little kid screaming. He's like, this is what we have to do. Seriously, <laughs> you play yeah. to win you play the game. To win. No, no, really, you don't play to lose. All right, Franny, what'd you think about uh, the last two uh, episodes? I feel so of bad. All or nothing. I feel so bad for McCown. You know, just uh, that last game, he gave it his all. He really did. No, but the this, the entire series has has been great. I mean, better than. Um, the HBO, uh, what is it? Hard Knocks. Um, they oh, do not a even really close, yeah, great even job of just you know showing the perspective from the players and 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 from you know different angles on the field. Uh, it, it was just wonderful, and you know obviously I'm a little biased because it is the Eagles, and we know how the season turned out. But I was surprised <laughs> that they actually um, they 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 showed a little bit of the playoffs. They showed us playing yeah, against the Dirty Seahawks. Yeah, because I, I didn't think against, that what's that? <laughs> against the Dirty Seahawks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, but then that hit. They showed it a yeah, couple yeah, of times. Couple there, times. it was dirty. They did, they did. I mean, you had the Giants. I mean, first, I mean, I love watching exciting, the media exciting and the crush them after the loss to Miami. Oh yeah, I mean, oh, they yeah. crushed and I did them too. On this podcast, I hated on them, and rightfully so. Yeah, it was great to learn about Josh McCown flying. You know, from the from Philadelphia down to coaches yeah. his kids' uh, football team, back, right back to Philadelphia, back to coaches. I mean, that was really uh, I thought that was nice in the, yeah. in the Giants episode yeah. to to see that. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey got hurt again, and just the, the, like the, the the leadership role that he played in, in, his, in that one season. I mean, he really took it upon himself to really fire up this team, and 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 at forty years old, and to see him play in his first playoff game, his only playoff game. And and you know when 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 he went into the tunnel and he just started crying because he felt like yeah. he let the team down. I mean he was crying on on Ertz's shoulder like I let you guys down. It's like no, nah, you didn't let us down. Clowney's just a dirty player. Yeah, but what an exciting year! I mean, <laughs> I mean Boston Scott's coming out party against the Giants yeah, where he just yeah. busts onto the scene. Carson Wentz plays amazing down the stretch to beat the Giants. They go to overtime and he throws that amazing dart to Zach Ertz in the end zone to win that game. Mm-hmm. That was so exciting because they were they were none of these games were easy. No, none of them. None I mean, of they, these they, games they came back and, were and easy. I, I don't remember it being that difficult, but it really was. I mean, you know, yeah, just, just I mean, against, reliving the season against the Redskins. I mean, they need Greg Ward to come up big mm-hmm. just to win that game. They trailed at the half again, fourteen mm-hmm. to ten against the lowly. Washington Redskins Sanders and Wentz close it out at the end of that game. Great passing, great running by by uh, by Sanders, and the team really came together in that game. Uh, then the Dallas game, yeah. I just love uh, the background about how everybody Deshaun, hates Dallas. Deshaun Jackson, 
His, his pregame. That was not a good speech. Yeah, he, no, he's not running for office anytime soon. Not. That was a pretty bad. These motherfuckers. These, I hate these motherfuckers. I ain't playing. <laughs> I ain't playing in a game because I'm out for the next eight weeks. But yeah, a lot of f bombs in that. You know, just uh, in the speech. He's like, am I on TV? Yeah, motherfucking Dallas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It just uh, was it necessary, but you know. Yeah, to, to sum up his speech, it was fucking Dallas. Yeah, that was like the yeah, speech. Yeah. Uh, but that was that was I mean just to watch the both the, the team because you you think as a fan you're playing Baltimore as a Steeler fan you're playing Dallas as an Eagle fan you don't think the team cares mm-hmm. one mm-hmm. way or the other just another paycheck another work week who cares but the team really 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 took that lo- that loss way back early on in the season to Dallas really hard as they should have and they were pumped up for this one Zach Ertz gave an amazing speech you know with Hernan Cortez the Spanish <laughs> commander. <laughs> Essentially, I mean that th- that was amazing. I actually looked it up to read the story, the history on that. Yeah, uh, he actually burned his ships when they came upon, and this is a true story. Yeah, burned his ships coming up on shore, so his men would either have to you fight. Re- no, re- you can't. No retreat. You there's nowhere to go. You're on shore, and you either fight or you die. Yep. yep. Uh, that was a really great story. I thought. Uh, I think this is a game against Dallas when when Earth suffers that the yeah. rib and the yeah. kidney yeah laceration injury, but he comes back. Out of the tunnel to play. He played the entire in that game, game. Uh, and I think at that point the Eagles had ten players on injured reserve going into that Dallas game, which was just a shocking number mm-hmm. to hear going into the going into the, the a end must of the season. win game. But that was amazing, and they get the huge win against Dallas. Yeah, they, yeah. And I remember how it felt happy good. it felt good watching it were. again in all or nothing. And then they close it out against the Giants with uh, you know Boston Scott again, and that was a nerve wracking game. It shouldn't have been, but that was the point of the whole season, right? They showed the fumble where, you know, Cox picked it up close to the end zone, didn't score a touchdown. But until that point, that was a pretty close game because that was a must-win game because the Dallas Cowboys also won their game and, uh, you know, ended up 8-8, and Eagles 9-7, and and so... Yeah, but a, I mean, the defense Fuck caused a, the Cowboys. All right, here we go. Here's another shot. Uh, but the de- I mean, the defense I was waiting for that game. But the was... defense forced that fumble, and they got a TD off the forced fumble. I think it was Peters that caused the fumble. If I'm or he was he was involved, not Peters, uh, not Cox. Cox, yeah. Fletcher Cox was involved in that fumble. But when they got that fumble and they converted it into a touchdown, I was like, this, this, this is a. This, it was so much fun to watch a team with that much adversity. Pull it through. And, pull it through and, because they had so the many end, injuries. You know, at the end, Dallas was at full strength for the no, most part. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, but I um, mean, at at the end of the season, I'm sure every Philadelphia Eagles fan was proud of what the team accomplished. I mean, you know, the ultimate goal is winning the Super Bowl, but uh, you know, just being five and seven and to win four straight to rattle off four straight wins with the adversity that they had. You know, a, you know, everybody in Philly, all Eagles fans around the country are very proud of the team and what they have accomplished. And that's what Jenkins said at the end of the season. It's like, you know, every, every scene is different. Obviously they didn't win the Super Bowl, but he was still left with, you know, that satisfaction that they still made it as far as they did. Yeah. Next up the playoffs mm-hmm, against mm-hmm. the Seattle. Oh. Hey, I'm just here. So I won't God. get fine <laughs> against the Seattle Seahawks. Friday. I mean, they tell us, how, I mean, I don't want to, I mean, I just, I mean, we, we, we all watched the game. We no, saw we what happened. Sonia was crying in the parking lot wherever she was <laughs> because felt she so felt bad. terrible for the Eagles and Remember what happened to Carson to Wentz. And I felt terrible for Carson Wentz also. I mean, this guy, 
That was his first playoff game for the Eagles. I mean, he's still living yeah. in the shadow like, of Nick I'm here. I'm here. Foles. <laughs> and, no, and, and they show the statue. And no one lives in the shadow of Nick Foles. They have the statue in front of the stadium with <laughs> Not Nick, even Nick Foles. Foles. Oh and God. he's still yeah. living in that shadow, and and he just wanted to prove himself, and he just was not able to do it this year. I feel terrible for him, and I feel terrible for, for Josh McCown because he really, yeah, he really gave it his all. And Graham also got hurt in that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Josh, you know, no, McCown. no, no, Brandon Brooks in that game, no Lane Johnson in that game, no receivers, no starting receivers in that but game. The defense played. I mean, they the played lights out. Played... They played as well as they could, but also. It's the Seahawks coaching. I mean, the Seahawks could have blown out so many teams. They should have blown out the Eagles in that game as well. Yeah, they could yeah, have yeah. taken the top off multiple times with DK Metcalf because he was taking advantage of our small cornerbacks the entire game. But for some reason, nope. they, they didn't play to their strengths. And that's that's something we talked right. about in this podcast. And, but, a, and the lesson they learned was to do the same thing against Green Bay the next exactly, time. <laughs> exactly. That was the lesson they learned. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But no, it's, it's, a, it's a great show for anybody out there that's, you know, um, I don't know, sort of missing actual NFL football. If you just want to watch a documentary about a team, maybe, maybe if you're, you know, root for any team in the NFC East, maybe you don't want to watch these guys. <laughs> but, you know, like we, you know, the Arizona Detroit, Cardinals, Arizona, I think uh, uh, Carolina was also Carolina, not um, uh, on on All or Nothing as well. But it's, it's, a, it's definitely, it's better than I expected. Amazon did a great job uh, with this uh, sort of, you know, documentary series. Yeah, I mean, you get to know the fans, you get to know the players as human beings, you get to know the coaching staff, you get to see the 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 people on the street, their impression of the team, you get to hear the local radio and TV personalities. That guy has the that guy has the most annoying voice though. Who, who, that that oh, the one, local the guy? main guy. Yeah, 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 the local radio yeah, yeah. personality. I mean, it's better than what we got in Pittsburgh. I mean, yeah. in Pittsburgh we have a couple really terrible, really terrible uh, sort of angry yeah well i mean this mean, guy's angry too but but he's the guy i mean i'm mark i can't remember his last name but he's just so hmm. negative and just vitriolic but at least the you know he you know at least he takes the highs with the highs and the lows with the lows mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's not like yeah they won but they still suck and let me tell you why uh i i just thought it was a really really well done show the camera yeah. angle yeah the camera angle watching josh mccown make the decision to run like seeing it in his eyes where he makes that decision just to run on that fourth down. Mm-hmm. It just watching it was like watching a train wreck in like slow motion. I knew Aww. it was going to happen. Yep. And I'm like, no, don't run. Throw <laughs> yeah. the ball. Throw the ball. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, but he, he thought he thought he was still, you know, 27 year old Josh Aww. McCown and not 40 year old, you know, Josh McCown. And, and uh, he still had some legs for a 40 year old. But guy. with the team and the receivers that they had on the field at that point, I don't think there's a quarterback. A backup quarterback in the league that could have done as good. As, I mean, he. I mean, I know he underthrew Sanders or overthrew Sanders yeah. on that one. Yeah. But he played amazing in that game. Mm-hmm. They shouldn't have been in it. Yeah. You know, with Wentz going down, that should have been the end of the game. But he played well. All right, finally, what's next up on the big board? Next up on the big board, Ben, is our mailbag questions. All right, folks, hold tight. We'll be right back with our mailbag questions. All right, and we are back with some mailbag questions. Ben, what are some of the questions from some of our listeners out there on your amazing Twitter? Yes, one via Twitter and one via email. This week we had another one that was a little wonky, so we'll try to decipher it and we'll answer it next week. About the first question is from Derek Larger at Derek underscore Larger, L-A-R-G-E-R. The question, which quarterback 
do you find better in this upcoming draft? Herbert or Love or the remaining top tier quarterbacks? Not who has more upside, but who is better right now? You know, I've talked a lot. You have been. I was going to say, you should cover this one because you've been talking a lot about Justin. Was it Justin Herbert or Josh Herbert? Justin Herbert. Yeah, I've been talking about Justin Herbert quite a bit. Uh Low these many episodes. I really, really like Justin Herbert. They have him sort of as the 29th ranked player overall. I think that's way, way, way too low. Uh, From a physical trace perspective, this guy is just fucking amazing. Uh, there's no much. There's not much to dislike about him. He's got a cannon for an for an arm. His body type is exactly what you would want from a quarterback. His side, his speed, and by all accounts, he's a very bright individual. Uh, you know, he, you know, against any sort of quality defense, he did struggle a little bit. He had bad games against Auburn, Cal, Washington, Arizona State, Utah, and Wisconsin this past season, which scares me a little bit. Uh, but I, I, I think Herbert, you know, his PFF grade overall was 64 against, uh, against not such or against a pretty good competition. You know, it's, it's, it's a little bit of a tough one. It's a little bit of a tough one. Uh, but I really, really like, I mean, I know I've been talking him up. Uh, a lot this season, and I really, from what I've seen, you want him on the. Steelers. I want him on the Steelers. I want the Steelers to trade up and get him if it's at all possible. I don't care what they have to trade away to get him. His, I think his accuracy down the field is amazing. I think his footwork is good. I think his body type is amazing. I think he's got a cannon for an arm. I think he's smart as hell and can be trained to do exactly what you need him to do in any scheme. He's not a system quarterback. Uh, so right now. I would take uh, Justin Herbert over Jordan Love of Utah State, but Utah's Jordan Love is much, much lower level ranked than uh, Justin Herbert. He's just an interesting test at the quarterback position. Uh, you know, he's got really, really, really consistent play on the field, but his decision making is not what it could be, you know. He avoids sacks. You know, he you know he had 32 big-time throws this past season. That was fifth most in college football. Uh, the problem is that his 26 turnover-worthy plays were fourth most in Division I or in whatever they call it, football championship subdivision. Uh, his passing grades this season were still very much all over the map. Uh, but if one could theoretically fix Love back to his 2008 form, drafting him early, is still a scary proposition. He was great in 2018, 2019, not as good. Uh, you know, but of those two guys, uh, of Herbert or Love, I would take Justin Herbert mm-hmm. hands down. And you've been talking about him no for question. Like I've been. Weeks I, now. I love this guy. I really, really love Justin Herbert. Do you really, Ben? What kind of relationship do you guys? <laughs> well, you know, we uh, we drink scotch. We got a we got a cherry cask, eighteen year, oh, uh, for about one hundred seventy five dollars. Uh, well, thought it was the worth other it day because he's gonna be playing for the Steelers, and Maybe you not. know he 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 was under you know he understood the complexity of the scotch. <laughs> he was able to identify all of the notes on the nose as well as the tasting notes, which I found very impressive. In addition to his ability to throw the ball seventy yards, well, you're a really good down bullshit. the field. Well, okay. <laughs> 
<laughs> but you know, I mean, I really, I really, I really like Herbert. There was something that was a little off about him that I can't quite put my finger on, but his footwork, his ability to throw the ball down the field, his body type, his intelligence—I would take Herbert over Love. What about Burrow? Uh, any day of the week. I mean, obviously Burrow is going to go number one. Yeah, Burrow's going to go number one, and I think that's sort of a no-brainer as far as everybody is concerned. But I don't know that if I'm convinced of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe about- Burrow is—I mean, I, I think that uh, Charmin Phillip of the of the Jets fan podcast did a really good analysis of how locked into a system Burrow is. What were you going to say, Franny? Well, no, I was going to say, what about Tago Vailoa? I mean, what what type of player do you think he's going to become in the NFL? Especially, you know, being injured this year. I mean, who's going to draft him? Who's going to take the risk and draft him and, and see what's going to become of him? I think the injury concern, I think, is is overstated. I mean, I, I mean, a lot of people have made the mistake of not drafting somebody because they had injury trouble, you know, late in college, and then they turned out to be an absolute stud. There's a lot of examples of that. Uh, to attack, I can't even, Tag- to, by law. There you go. Uh, doesn't take sacks. I mean, he's amazingly adept at avoiding pressure and getting the ball out of his hands, which is something that is cannot be overstated, the importance of that at the NFL level. Uh, you know, I, I just I don't think the injury risk is as big a concern as a lot of folks think it is. I mean, he, mm-hmm. he got he was injured by all accounts. He's fully healthy now. We have a cat meowing here. <laughs> you know, his arm strength isn't that of Justin Herbert's. Uh, but his ability to avoid the sack, his ability to make good decisions, his footwork is outstanding. Uh, the downside to, to Tua uh, potentially is that it's hard to know how good he really is because he played with some of the best talent on the planet mm-hmm. at right. Alabama. Mm-hmm. I mean, he had studs at every position on that team, not something that Herbert had, not something that Love had, not something... That a lot of these other guys have, but I think Burrow, you know, he's gonna he's gonna be good wherever he goes. Uh, his upside, I think, his upside might be a little bit capped in terms of his 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 upside. But right now, uh, of Justin Herbert or Love, I would take Justin Herbert. Ronnie, right. what do you think? Um, I actually not much. I mean, because I I really don't watch that much college football myself. So I mean, you know, I I think he covered it pretty well right there. But you know, I, I really I th- I think you know, in, in my opinion, uh, Tua Tagovailoa um, is going to be taken a little too high in the draft. Um, you know, really? I, I yeah. I mean, I, I it looks like Miami might take him, but I don't they see picked, him what, third. I don't see him as a franchise quarterback. I just don't see it. Just like you said, because of that reason, because he is playing with the best players out there, he looks better than he actually is. So I, I don't I don't I don't think in the NFL his talent won't really translate that well. Yeah, and I and I'm a big fan of of looking at the player for what they are, not trying to project out what they might be, uh, or projecting what you might be able to do with them. I think players are who they are, and watching Justin Herbert in college, he looks to me right now as the as the best quarterback. I would take him over Joe Burrow. Mm-hmm. It just in the, in the way that I watch him play day to day, week to week, the way he looks, the way his feet move, the decisions that he makes, I would take Justin Herbert ahead of Joe Burrow. I think that's probably people think I'm insane, but we'll find out once all these yeah, we'll see. I mean, guys no, no. are drafted. You know, that's why I think it's funny when these guys talk about the draft and they act like they know, you know, how all these players, you know, five years down the line, you know, will be, but they don't. I, I, they, they have no, no. idea Mel what the Kuyper hell they're talking about. Mel Kuyper is good yeah. at telling you when a team is going to take a player. 
Not he's not, not how he's good, not even not good how, at that. Well, in the first round, yeah, but in he's the first not, round. But he's, he's good at maybe the top five picks. But beyond yeah, that, we did it last year. Remember, I, we pointed out like him and uh, yeah. Shay, or well, not not Shay, uh, the other guy, Tommy yeah. Shay. Like how how he's how well their predictive ability is yeah. outside of the top not ten. Not very good, and it's not very good. So they can't tell you how good the players are, and they can't tell you when players are going to be taken in the yeah. later rounds, which is really when you get yeah. those guys it's that are important about for them. But you know, I, I don't, I don't, I really don't find that much interest in listening to Mel Kiper. No, because he doesn't. I mean, ultimately, he doesn't know what he's talking about. Yeah, yeah. But he's but he, can, he gets paid for it. But he wants to be able to predict when players are going to get taken. Yeah, and that's also the the teams are telling you what they need yeah. in advance, right? Like Cincinnati Bengals are going to take a quarterback at number one. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you just have to figure out which quarterback Especially you're going to take. Dalton is going to be playing for New England. Well, you'd like that, wouldn't you? I you'd would. like Dalton as the backup in Philly. That's man, what you'd I like. would, man. That'd be awesome. Yeah, well, Wentz will probably Dalton? get hurt at some point. It'd be like the the two gingers going at it. Oh, like, my God. <laughs> Ginger would be Cartman. It'd be like, it'd be like everybody wearing Cartman hats at the stadium. <laughs> Not Cartman. Uh, was, uh, although he doesn't like the gingers, but who's the ginger yeah. on the show? I can't remember. Uh, I forget. I forget. I don't watch that much uh, South Park either. All right. Next up, we have a question from a long time listener <laughs> and potential uh, friend of the show. Long time friend of the show, Nico. Potential friend. <laughs> or he, definitely, might, he may be on the show one day. Yeah, he will we'll, be on the we'll show. Nico, him. sorry. You're not a potential he, friend of the show. You are a friend of the show. <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, you know, when he finds some time. He's got a two-year-old and a four-year-old. And a four-year-old. We know that's very difficult. You know, little little kids and 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 you know, putting them to bed and everything. It's it's, it's hard to find time. Not that I have a ton of experience in that, but I I guessing it's really difficult. It definitely. So first question from Nico from New Jersey. Fronting. <laughs> was that a New Jersey accent? It wasn't even close, was it, Nico? What do you think of Joe Douglas? And what impact do you think he has had in the past Eagles? draft and why do the Eagles consistently pick up regurgitated quarterbacks from the Jets <laughs> that's, so starting that's, with Joe that, Douglas that's pretty funny but Joe Douglas in my opinion he is a little overrated Ooh. I mean if if you look at his Hot drafts take. if you look at his drafts the 17 18 and 19 draft for the Eagles he there are no pro bowlers in those drafts you know I mean he he, he picked up you know Derek Barnett at number 14 overall in the first round, who's good, but not a pro bowler just yet. He's had some injury issues as well. I, and I, I've just been kind of writing them down. That's what I was just jotting down. I was trying to remember Eagles players that were chosen. Um, and, and also, uh, you know, Dillard, you know, he's going to fill in for, uh, for, for, uh, Peterson, you know, hopefully, uh, or Peters, uh, hopefully pretty well. I mean, not, not the same level, but, you know, hopefully he'll take over that position. Uh, but then look at, you know, Sidney Jones, Rasul Douglas, Donnell Pumphrey, Hollins, Sweat, Gary. I mean, all these guys are terrible. I mean, Hollins has only had 26 catches for the Eagles, and they released him He's with the with the Dolphins now, I believe. Um, Donnell Pumphrey never took a meaningful snap in the NFL. That's true. He's playing in the XFL, actually, right now. Sweat is... Um, He's an okay edge rusher, but also not that great. Gary, linebacker, also not that great. Um, you know, I mean, Miles Sanders was maybe the top guy out of all those guys that he selected. It's actually shown some, I want to say brilliance, but he's been really good for the Eagles and, and he probably should have been rookie of the year this year. Um, but I, I really do think he's he's overrated. I mean, I'm sure he's going to find some versatile players. It seems like, you know, with all the injury issues that the Eagles have had, they've been able to fill in those roles with 
other dudes that kind of play multiple positions, just like, you know, Ward, who was, uh, but I don't even know if, if Ward was selected around the time that he was, I think maybe it was 16 or 17. I can't remember exactly if, if uh, Joe Douglas was around when he was selected because he was on the practice squad for so long. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I seriously think that he's overrated and, uh, you know, the Eagles winning the Super Bowl. Uh, in 2018 sort of elevated his stock. And so a lot of people think just because the Eagles won the Super Bowl, he's better than he actually is. When you look at his his draft record, it's been pretty terrible. I mean, I would, I would seriously give him a D minus because a lot of these wow. guys, a lot of these guys are not playing. Yeah. And for the record, Nico is a big New York Jets fans. That's why Jets fan. That's why all these questions are sort of Jets related. I agree with Franny. I mean, I think the impression was that he was he was, you know, living under the tutelage or operating under the tutelage of Howie Roseman. Uh, you know, and I think his stock sort of rose much like a coach that works for Bill Belichick. I mean, I don't <laughs> know that he I, I don't I, I, and to your point. I mean, the players that he's drafted over the years, you know, I hope he does a better job with the Jets, obviously, because I'm always high on the Jets. I want I the know. Jets, I want the Jets to do this well, year, Ben, according to you. I want the Jets to do well, but I, I agree with Franny on that one for sure. Sonia, any thought about the Jets general manager. She has got her headphones off. She said, screw you. I don't want to answer this question. Yeah, and as far as the quarterbacks, though, falling into the Eagles' laps, you know, the former yeah, yeah. Jets quarterbacks, it's just, they sort of happened. You know, McCown was, he was just kind of out there floating around. The Eagles decided to give him a shot. And Who I'm else happy did? That Have you picked did. up anybody else? Uh, from the Jets, it was um, uh, Mark Sanchez, too. Remember oh, Mark Sanchez that's also right. Had, that's right. Yeah, he, he was good with the Jets. Two championship games, right? AFC championship yeah. games with the Jets. With the Eagles, not so much. But I mean, just that those sorts of things just happen. They happen to have played with the uh, with the Jets, and you know, I, I I I I'm really happy that they did pick up McCown. I wish he would actually remain as the yeah, backup quarterback, even at 41. I think, yeah, I think he would be I, I a think solid he, he just, choice. He just brings a little something to the team. All right, next question. This is for me. What's up with Le'Veon Bell? Yeah, that is a really <laughs> good question. Uh, is Adam Gaze not properly utilizing him? Check. Uh, poor offensive line, check, uh, or what? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think Le'Veon Bell is a much better running back than what he showed with the New York Jets this season. I think the the primary issue with the New York Jets and Le'Veon Bell is they don't have a good enough e- offensive line with solid people that are fleet afoot. I mean, they've got to create separation for Le'Veon Bell. The play does not have to go off as called. But he needs a lane. It doesn't have to be a huge lane, but they've got to be able to hold their position against the defensive edge rushers and the defense and the linebackers coming in. He, they've got he's got to have some space somewhere on that offensive line to sneak through. And I think that the the Jets offensive line this year was just swallowed up week after week after week by the defensive lines of their opponents. And Le'Veon Bell couldn't find a lane. Uh, even when they drew a play up, it seemed as if the offensive line was getting swallowed up over and over and over again. Even you know, in in you know some of the games where I thought the Jets had a chance to be competitive, the, the line just can't hold their position. They're constantly on their back feet. They're constantly on the heels of their feet. And Le'Veon Bell needs some space to work with, and the Jets just aren't able to give him that space on the offensive line. And I think that is the primary problem. I don't think it's Le'Veon Bell. But his running style, he needs space regardless of the formation that they're in. He needs a little bit of space to work with, and a Jets offensive line just can't give it to him. All right, this question is for Sonia. Oh! There is a question here for Sonia from Nico. She's 
going to unwrap. <laughs> that's funny. She's unwrapping her headset. That's she was already you, done for the night. She didn't that's know what that you hear here. You hear uh, the unwrapping <laughs> of the Michelle Tafoya mic here. This question is for Sonia. Sonia. Yes. Is Sam Darnold a legit franchise quarterback or not? What say you? Franchise quarterback? Maybe not. But he's a legit quarterback. I, I, I do think so. I think he, look, he's not getting a lot of credit. Um, I was looking up, you know, of course I have to compare him to Russell Wilson in his first two years. Yeah, that seems fair. <laughs> two Super Bowls in a row, that seems fair. No, 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 no. Let's go back. Let's go back. So, I have to stats. compare him to Joe Montana in his prime and I'm just not seeing it. <laughs> okay. Throwing 3,200 yards for the first two years. Not bad. Okay. That was Russell. <laughs> oh, still not bad. Sam, I wouldn't say it's great. It's not Sam bad. Sam Darnold, 3,100. All right. Okay. 30 or mono. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and he missed three games due to mono or two games. I, I don't remember. Right. Yeah. Russell played all 16 both seasons. Well, he's, I don't think he's been injured yet. Russell no. Wilson. No. No, I don't think so. And he's got better. I mean, Robbie Anderson is the best darn has got to work with, and that's not exactly stellar. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, well, um, but he's known for his fumbles. Sam is. Nine, uh, 16 fumbles. Yeah, that's a USC trademark. <laughs> but but <laughs> It is. I mean, quarterbacks at USC just tend to cough the ball up. Yeah, well, Russell's not... not uh, well, Wentz um, didn't play for USC. But. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like he did, though. Yeah. Regardless, you know what, Nico? Stick with him. You know, g- give him some time. He's yeah. new. The, I mean, he was, what, second, well, he's, third? He, he's, he's still young. I don't, he's like 24. I, I still don't know why they they went after Adam Gase. He's got yeah. a, that was really stupid. I mean, you see what yeah, he Hugh did Jackson in was Miami. Available. I mean, even my, this year in Miami, everybody thought Miami would go 0-16, and they ended up winning five games. If Adam Gase was there, they probably would have gone 0-16. Uh-huh. I mean, he was just terrible. And and then the Jets, who play in the same division, go out and get him? Yeah. I mean, the, the Eagles didn't go in and get the clapper. I mean, they, I don't. I, that doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't have signed Adam Gase. I, I agree with. I agree with Sonny. I think Darnold's got a lot more upside than maybe even somebody like Joe Burrow because he's got more versatility. He's a better in his fundamentals, and he's better. I mean, he's more easily coached. I think as well. It's just a bad team. I mean, they just don't have. They don't have the offensive line to protect him. They can't get a running game going because Bell can't get any space. Didn't they get they new coaching staff too? So they had a sort of. Yeah, but they have decent, and they have Robbie. I mean, Robbie Anderson is going to look for like he's going to look for fifteen or sixteen million dollars a year. He's probably worth about twelve, eleven. They don't have the receivers that 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 Darnold needs down the field. He doesn't have any time to throw the ball. I think he's a good, solid quarterback. My my fear is that the Jets are not going to be able, as, as Franny astutely pointed out, they're not going to get. <laughs> they need to get. They need to get some management and culture from the head coaching position on down. And if they're going to roll with Gates for uh, Gate Gate Adam. Adam. Adam Gaze, Gates, Gaze, for the next couple of years. It's going to be hard to get any kind of, you know, consistency. I, mean, I don't know what they saw in the guy. I mean, he did absolutely nothing in Miami. I mean, there was. They there got was better no without reason. him. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. and, they, and, they, and they jettisoned talent and they got better without him. Yeah. They, yeah. He's just a better game manager. I mean, it's, I, I mean, I don't get it. It makes absolutely no sense. But I mean, Nico, I will tell you, I'm as Franny will attest, and you, if you listen to the show, I am always rooting for the Jets to get yes, better. He is. I yes. wish the Jets would get better. I have so many people that I that I love and that I care about in New York that are huge Jets fans, and they deserve better than what they're getting out of that ownership group and out of that coaching staff. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but don't give up on Darnold because I think he's nope. a solid quarterback. Solid. He just needs to get a consistent offensive line, some receivers that can catch the ball. Uh, and I know they've they they're going to work on it, but I agree. Mm-hmm. He's he's a decent quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> All right, that's our mailbag for this week. Oh, that's great. We've, we've, like the last few weeks, we've gotten quite a few mailbag questions. Yeah, yeah. So thank you to all of our listeners, and thank you to everybody that's asked questions. And that's my departure. Good night, uh, everybody. Sonia, <laughs> is, Sonia, say goodbye to everybody. Good night, Nico. All right. <laughs> Good night, our one listener. <laughs> we have other listeners, but thank you, Nico, for sending those questions. Yeah, definitely. And thank you so, so much, Derek, larger for larger or larger for your question as well. We'll answer a few more next week. Friday, what's next up on the big board? Next up on the big board, Ben, is our betting corner, which probably is not going to last that long because you bits of the XFL. And there's only like it could be this could be 90 games. seconds or less. Uh mentioned earlier the games we bet on today. Tomorrow I have the St. Louis Battlehawks minus five and a half and the LA Wildcats minus two and a half in a parlay, because I think both of those games are going to hit. You could more than double your money on that one. I took the St. Louis Battlehawks minus three and a half straight up uh, on the line as well. I also took the Tampa Bay Vipers plus one and a half because I think the Vipers are going to win that game outright. Uh, those, those Vipers. But uh, I also just took the 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 uh, the uh, Sonny's telling me I'm being too loud. <laughs> she wrote I also <laughs> she like she wrote on the paper loud. Um, uh, but I also took the Wildcats over there. But I think I actually think the Vipers might win that game. That's why I took him on the on the on the parlay. Uh, but Franny, what's next up on the big board? Next up on the big board, Ben, is our shot of the week. And uh, Sonia has retreated <laughs> to the bedroom. She's going to sleep right now. But she did have a shot earlier in the night. And uh, we'll get to that in just a moment. All right. Hold tight, everybody, for our shot of the week. All right, and we are back with our shot of the week. And in honor of the upcoming St. Patty's Day holiday, we're drinking some Irish whiskey in a pickle. Exactly. <laughs> and how did you make this custom shot, Franny? Uh, well, Ben, I, uh, I I probably should have got larger pickles. These are a little bit thinner than I expect them to be in the bottle. They looked a little bit larger, but uh, there's some Vlasic pickles. And this is actually a, a shot that you see with my with our music playing in the background. Ben's music or, or shot song uh, that we haven't heard the entire uh, song for a while. We just kind of hear in the just background. Play in the background. Yeah. Um, but I should have gotten some larger uh, pickles, but it's, it, is, it is definitely a shot that you can get at a bar where you take usually a Jameson shot followed by a uh, uh, uh like the the pickle juice, like right afterward, you kind of use it as a chaser. I forget oh, what it's called. I, f- I forget what it's called. It's um, is it a like a pickle shooter? I I I, I can't remember or. or pickle something I, I can't remember exactly what it's called but i've had one in the past it's been a couple of years since i've had one but i remember the flavor i thought it was gonna be disgusting but it's actually pretty good you know there's there's something about some irish whiskey and a pickle right afterward that actually tastes better than most people would expect so the goal here is to shoot so we he hollowed out the pickle i so, hollowed it out so we have proper 12 poured down in the hollowed out pickle. A Vlasic pickle. A Vlasic pickle. <laughs> so the goal here is to drink the proper 12 and then to eat the pickle and after. And then to eat the pickle right afterwards. Since we don't have the chaser right afterward, 
The, well, I guess the chaser is the pickle itself. So we're not taking it. We can't really clank these. Yeah, clank. Wait, yours looks like it's already emptied out just a little bit. Or maybe just spilled out a little bit. But definitely check out. You can get this shot it smells on not, actually Instagram. Smells. I mean, it smells, oh, it like, smells a, like an alcoholic, like an alcoholic yeah, yeah. pickle. So this is on Instagram at Thirstand, and it's going to be on Gold Thirst on Twitter a little bit later. You want to take this? Yes. Cheers, Ben. All right, let's do it. All right, eating it. Mm. Wow, it's pretty good, <laughs> actually. Well, we should say, <laughs> wow, that's good. That we poured the shot earlier. Oh yeah, and the entirety of the proper twelve that was filling the pickle soaked into the skin of the, the pickle, pickle itself. It's like when when uh, when you have a a watermelon and you cut a hole into it and you put a a bottle of vodka. So that it kind of soaks into the entire watermelon. This is what happened to this pickle because it tastes like a whiskey pickle. I can't really. Wow. I don't know how you ate that already. Yeah. It's actually it's actually very good. And it's still crunchy. Kudos to Vlasic. Wow, that's really good. I mean, because the whiskey is warming. Mm-hmm. Like right now, I can feel it sort of warming. It's like refreshing. It's refreshing and it's mm. warming. My stomach is sort of warming from the proper 12. But the pickle still had that crispness. Mm-hmm. And that sharpness and that sourness, that was, how did you come up with that? Uh, well, I mean, it was, it's just, you know, one of those shots that's, you know, popular at a bar. I mean, you can ask for it. You can actually ask for whatever that shot is called. It's pickle something. I don't know what the second word is there, but, it, you know, it, it God, I'm going to have to look it up on Google, but whatever. So, so you slam the shot and then you drink, you basically and you drink the, the pickle shot juice. And you drink the pickle, shoot right out, pickle, uh, pickle juice right afterward. And, uh, you know, pickle juice has a lot of sodium and it and has electrolytes and everything. So if you are hungover, it's actually not a bad thing to drink the next day after Ooh, Can you drinking. buy pickle juice or you just drink it sort of out of the bottle? You just drink, it, has the pickles you just drink it. it out of the bottle and you eat the pickles as you drink. That was really, really good. And I could I could feel the warming yeah, sensation I mean, that's what right I mean. it's now. Warm, my, it's sort of warming my insides, yeah. but also I could taste the sodium. And, and tomorrow like, won't be hungover. Uh, if only that were <laughs> if only that were true. That well, that was the idea. Sort well, of. thank Franny for the shot, and thank him for giving you an idea for a shot that you can have at home at your party or yeah. at your dinner table, whenever you'd like to take a shot. I'm sure he does. a lot of a lot of college kids know this shot. The shot, yeah. He does it every single week. Every single week, he comes up with a new shot. Whether something that he finds online, something that he makes up from his own noggin, or something like this, uh, that's sort of an original shot leading up to St. Patrick's Day. So give Franny a thousand percent credit for these. He does these every single week. Uh, so it's, it's not a small job to come up with a new, interesting shot for us to do every single week. So kudos to Franny on that one. Franny, what's next up on the big board? Next up on the big board, Ben, we have our beverage of the week. And this week we have our first ever Japanese whiskey. And is that rain falling? I, f- I believe there is rain, a little bit of rain. There's a little bit of a drizzle falling above our head. It was supposed to rain just a little bit tonight, but you may hear that in the background. And this is our first Japanese <laughs> whiskey. Uh, and Franny, what made you decide on this particular whiskey that we're going to drink tonight? Uh, actually, you know what? At, um, at Total Wine, they have not a huge selection of Japanese whiskeys, but they have, uh, you know, the, uh, I would say a, a couple of shelves of the Japanese uh, whiskeys. And this one 
It was the packaging that really got me. It was it was that nice white box with the gold lettering on it. And I looked it up on Google and it actually looks like it has some really good ratings. But we've never had one, so I you know I don't, I don't know what to expect. I've had some Japanese whiskeys in the past, but it's been a while. Yeah, this is a chick to how do you how do I pronounce this? I'm guessing it's Togouchi. Togouchi blended Japanese whiskey is known as the naturalized Japanese whiskey because they import already distilled single malt whiskey from Scotland and grain whiskey from Canada. They then go through an undisclosed process to naturalize the whiskey so that it can be called Japanese whiskey. Uh, This is made in Japan. The distiller is Togouchi. The mash bill is Japanese single malt plus Japanese grain whiskey. The cask is not listed on this. It's about 40% alcohol by volume. The eye of the whiskey, to look at it, it's a light yellow, almost clear. The nose is grain, vanilla, spirit, honey, apple, and a bit of spice. It's flat and uninteresting, but at least it's not completely bland. I don't know. If that is uh, that's a particularly sound. complimentary <laughs> review right there. The palate is, on the other hand, quite amazing. It basically tastes like a new make with a bit of raw grain and butterscotch syrup. The finish is a short drop of bitter spirit. The balance, body and feel, is thin body and a little bit, not watery, but a little bit uh, light in terms of the consistency uh, so this is a beautiful Japanese whiskey. We're going to give this a try and see how... I mean, the color of it... We rate it. It's very light. It's very light in color, almost like a white wine. Um, yeah, it almost looks like a almost looks like an, like an Ardbeg. I mean, it's sort yeah. of... Which, yeah, it's, which, it's almost that color. Yeah, and for the record, the Ardbeg is very, very light in color, but very, very robust oh. in flavor. Whereas this, I mean, the, the I mean, and, and when you're... The aroma of the Ardbeg, it really hits you in the nostrils, but this one is, it's very light. I mean, it's, there's not, not much of an aroma to it. Sorry, we're trying to deal with our rain problem here. (laughs) So you may hear a little bit of, uh, we film or film, we record this outside every single week. So there's a little bit of rain falling out here. Hmm. Not much to it. There's, there's not that, that yeah, the nose doesn't get me. Well, cheers, Ben. Clank. Give it a sip here. Very light. It's very light. Very, I mean, it's easy now to I drink. Now I see why the review was not particularly complimentary. It's smooth. I mean, it's easy to drink for sure, but not very complex. It's, 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 it just kind of goes down. I mean, you can, you can taste the, the alcohol, a little sweetness, a little bit of sweetness. You get the the that spirit that they were talking about. You definitely get the alcohol uh, flavor, the but it's it's really but it's only about eighty proof, I think, or eighty percent. Yeah, yeah eighty proof. Oh, sorry, yeah, forty percent. Hmm. I mean, Japanese whiskeys have become more popular as Very of popular, late. Yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> when you're sipping this one compared to other. Whiskeys I mean, it tastes that we've a little tried. bit like an Irish whiskey, like a cheaper Irish whiskey. Yeah, but it doesn't. There's just not much complexity. There's that little bit of sweetness, 
but um, you know, I want a little bit more complexity. I want a little bit of uh, a little bit more spice, a little bit more. It's got a of, little of, bit of something going on there on the on the initial taste. A little bit of something, a little bit of like extra of that some sort of woodiness. You know, some sort of a burnt sort of wood sort of flavor. But it's not really nothing's coming through. It's just really soft. It's you know, on the on the on the palate, it's just soft. There's no creaminess whatsoever. Easy to. I mean, it just goes down. Without much burn. I feel like they added water to it. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, when you Google it, I mean, it has some good reviews, but those people probably never had a good whiskey in their life because this is really soft and a little boring. Yeah, the nose gets a 77 out of 100. The palate is 65 out of 100. The finish, 68 out of 100. The balance, body, and feel, 70 out of 100 for an overall score of, a score of 70. <laughs> this is from the Whiskey Jug. I'm not a fan of Toguchi. <laughs> Wait, where does it say that? It says that on the summary, I'm not a fan of Toguchi blended Japanese whiskey. <laughs> and you know what? But I the agree. Whiskey Jug's a pretty good site. I mean, it is a pretty good I site. I agree with that person. Whoever wrote that, I agree with them because this is... But he still gave is... it a 70%. I don't know why I would give it out of our rating of, of you know between one and ten our thirst and goal uh, rating. I, w- I would say this is uh, from zero to ten, right? Um, I would say it's about a five. I mean, be- only because it's really smooth. Wow, it's really smooth. But Friday never gives anything like lower than a six. It's just it's not complex. It's very boring. It's very soft. And finding a complex whiskey or complex, even a complex bourbon or rye is very difficult. I always try every, you know, Friday for Christmas, I tried to find him one. I bought him the Glimmeray 18. Which was really good. And we're going to, yeah. we're going to, we're going to, uh, definitely sample that on the show. Uh, we also need to sample, um, my the, birthday gift. Yeah. The whistle the, pig. The whistle pig. The whistle pig, uh, store pick for total wine that was not cheap. No. Uh, <laughs> but, but the reason I say that is because we drank it. It was supposed to be really complex with a lot of different tasting notes. We and tried notes, it. But I mean, we should and it try wasn't it, as complex as we thought. Yeah. Uh, so regardless of what you hear about it or what you read about it, it doesn't always translate to what you taste when you mm-hmm. get it in front of you. Uh, and as we've said, or at least I've said a million times on the show, the cost is not always indicative of how complex and how much you might enjoy it. Yeah, yeah obviously, if you buy it for 10 bucks. It's about, it's about 45 or so um, for this. But you can definitely sit I mean, on this, sip on this for a long time. Oh, you can sip on it for a long time. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's easy to drink, but it just doesn't have much flavor. It has that little bit of sweetness. I can't really say it's like a honey or a vanilla. It just it says butterscotch, but I'm not getting it. It's just that. sweet. It's just sweet. And, and um, you know, the finish, there's no spice. There's no sort of pinch at the back of the throat. Um, you don't really think about the flavor too much. It's just there and it's gone and it's. It's boring. I think uh, on our Thursday goal rating scale, I would probably give it. I might give it a six just mm-hmm. because the smoothness. it's smooth. It's easy to drink. Uh, you know, it's something that I think a, a, a someone who's new to Japanese whiskey or new to whiskey could probably tolerate and drink pretty easily. Uh, it's hard for me to get up to the, you know, eight, nine, ten range. Not that's with a, this. That's a hard thing for me for anything. Um, but this one, yeah, I think I'll give it a, I think I'll give it a six and I, yeah. I would, I, I wouldn't recommend you spend $45 on it, although we'll figure out, I mean, out this a, is something that we'll, we'll figure we'll out a way to drink it. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's very easy to drink, but after trying, you know, just on the podcast, you know, 62 episodes in, we've tried 
at least close to 60 different, you know, whiskeys, um, you know, scotches, cognacs. This one is, um, it just lacks any sort of flavor. It just has no excitement to it whatsoever. Not, you're Do you not, feel you're, like they added water to it? it, it like they almost, almost watered it down? Like it's a scotch with water added to it, with it's too like much a, water added. It's a added. doers and water with, you know, out of the bottle. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, yeah. It was worth a try, you know. Why not? It was our first Japanese whiskey on the show, and we'll we'll definitely try another one, and and uh, you know see how that works out for but us. But yeah, I mean, I do like the whis- the whiskey jug that website. I mean, I think it's one of the more honest websites out there. Uh, a lot of sites I go to, no matter what we drink, it's nine, eight, nine, ten, eight, nine, ten, regardless of what it is. They are fairly fair honest. in their review. Yeah, uh, I almost didn't want to read it because uh, it actually says. Let's see what it says for uh, balanced body and feel. No balanced, thin body, watery yeah. feel. It, it is. That, I mean, that's, <laughs> that's what it is. There's no creaminess. No creaminess whatsoever. It's really yeah. soft. It almost it it, it it it's like water. Yeah, I didn't want to. I didn't want to discourage Friday, but the palate. It says the palate, on the other hand, is quite offensive. It no. basically tastes like new make, like a new make with a bit of raw grain and butterscotch syrup. Awful. Period. I want to say it's awful. Yeah, that's a little too much. That's why I didn't read it at the outset. Yeah. Uh, because I wanted us to figure it out on our own. Yeah. But, but I want to say it's awful, but, you know, we'll drink it. We'll drink it. We'll finish this bottle off. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. we finished off tonight. We finished off, almost finished yeah. off the Old Forester. We finished and off the, the, the Jack, the Jack Rye as Rye. well. So a couple of bottles killed tonight. Last and week, uh, you're doing a really good job with that gin, Ben. Yeah, last week we finished off the, we polished off a bottle of the. The Lefroig. The Lefroig. Yeah. Which, or Lefroig, which yeah. is very good. Um, so yeah, we'll keep bringing these to you every week. Thank Franny for these again. He studies the aisles. He goes up and down the aisles of Total Wine, asking random strangers what they think, asking the experts at Total Wine what they think I'm to bring us I'm our sample. That guy that they're asking questions, and you should be at this point. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, Franny. What's next up on the big board? And next up on the big board, Ben, is our beer of the week—a domestic beer. Yes, hold tight, everybody. We'll be right back with our Beer of the Week. We're back with our Beer of the Week. It is the Orderville Modern Times Beer, Ben. It is from San Diego, California. Yes, this is Modern Times. This is an intrepid cadre of brewers and coffee roasters and culinary wizards that began as a production brewery and tasting room in Point Loma neighborhood of San Diego in 2013. This is distributed throughout Southern California, Arizona, Colorado, Nevada, and Utah, Hawaii, and the Pacific Northwest. Since its inception in Point Loma, the Modern Times Multiverse has expanded to include a robust, ever-growing barrel program, killer new brewery, tasting room locations, and additional several addition of several restaurants, each serving a breathtakingly tasty memo, memory or menu of boundary-pushing <laughs> vegan cuisine. Ooh. Where are these new bastions of leisure and culinary sorcery, you ask? Great question. San Diego, California. Vegan country. Apparently, this is the Orderville. This is 7.2% alcohol by volume, 1.010 in final gravity, and 75 in IBU. This is a mosaic. 
bunch of dank varieties of hop. I don't know what that means exactly. Dank, uh, bro. The, the, it's dank, bro. It's good. It comes with little soybeans on the side. Uh, this is a two-row optic malt. Skunky for sure, bro. <laughs> you want to catch some 40-footers after school, man? I got, I got my board shorts, dude. Let's get some butter times after this, bro. <laughs> oh, my God. The Beats lifestyle is... It's not my lifestyle, personally. Orderville. Uh, Orderville. It's aggressive, dude. It's like uh, a, it's like that wave we had at the point. <laughs> down at the point by the breaker. <laughs> All right. Orderville is an aggressive, fragrant IPA. Hey, man. Did you hear Philip Rivers moved out, bro? Bro. No. From San Diego State, dude? Yeah, bro. Oh. His 27 children. They were so nice, bro. Oh, they liked the Orderville, bro. He yeah, was never home, man. bro. No, no, no. He didn't like the Orderville, bro. No? No, he didn't like alcohol. Oh, that's right. Man, he was like really churchy and stuff. Oh, he drank the O'Doul's, bro. Yeah, no. No? No. <laughs> <laughs> I think we just annoyed everybody. Yeah, everybody yeah. just stopped listening. Yeah. Orderville is an aggressive, fragrant IPA that blends the fruit forward character of Mosaic Hops, which we put in our what was it? The seventh round IPA, IPA that we made. <laughs> that came, I couldn't stop talking like that for a second. I'm like, bro, IPA. The mosaic hops, bro. Resinous stickiness from a melange of dank hops, bro. Yeah. The resulting beer is immensely rad. All right. You're right. Uh, you got it right. You know, stop drinking. I'm going to stop drinking. Stop rating that. All right. We, we know where these guys come from. They were all surfers oh my or, God. or boogie boarders at one point. It's an unmistakably. But, uh, I've never heard immensely and rad. But I mean, the in color, the same though, sentence. The color is, I mean, look at that. It's beautiful gold. It's, oh it is God. hazy in color. Perfect name for the beer. Hazy Mosaic IPA, bro. And let's give it's it a shot. It's deliciously hop character, man. <laughs> Inviting your taste buds does, to join it, a drum circle of flavor <laughs> in a magical forest I you're of hops. That up, but it's actually <laughs> That's on there. actually what it says. Oh, man. Oh, my God. I had no idea San Diego was so gnarly, dude. <laughs> This is sorry. The smell. Well, let's just be. We'll be serious for a minute. Yeah. yeah. Uh. So the 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 nose <laughs> is is amazing. The nose no, is smells, is it fruity. Smells it's hoppy. Great. It smells really fresh. This is. It smells really. I mean, this is really hoppy. It, you could really get that sort of citrus note coming, and it is fruity. Man, this is good. I almost taste the Impossible Burger right in there. Oh wow. Hmm. That's really, really good. That's that really, really, you can, can you hear the? Can you guys hear the? The rain in the back. The rain dripping off. Uh, dripping off the roof. We, we do this outside, folks. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it tastes. It tastes. It's delicious. I mean that. Oh yeah, let me actually move this thing yeah, out of the way so it's not coming the, through my mic. But, but the flavor here is really, really, really fresh. It's got a little bit of a fruity character to it. It's got a little bit of a. Uh, bitterness. It's got a little bit of a uh, just a, a, a long finish at the end. It, it's it's actually a solid, solid IPA. It, it, it it's missing a little something on the initial taste little, in the finish. A little bit of crispness. I, you know, if it was a little more crisp at the finish, I feel like we should be listening to Weezer right now. <laughs> oh, 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 I look Destroy just like my sweater. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but no, this is this is this is actually a very solid beer. It smells delicious. Um, the aromas coming from it are great, but like like we mentioned, 
I just wish there was just a little bit of crispness, crispness. at the finish. As, it has and that a initial bit of- swallow, it needs to be more tight. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> that, that wave was tight, dude. <laughs> it needs to be more tight and more crisp on that initial swallow. Right. At, I mean, I actually had Franny bring me a glass out from the house um, as, as, because I, I wanted to smell it rather than drinking it out of the can. But I, th- I think, you know, it's, it's kind of missing that crispness, but it has that interesting sort of bit of dryness to it, too. So it has that sort of dry, almost which like is, a, Which is interesting in an IPA. I wouldn't say a powdery finish. I would. But like. It almost tastes powdery. Yeah, it's, 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 it's very interesting. I understand why it had a high rating at Total Wine. It was 92 or whatever from, you know, whatever magazine rated it. Well, it says the cracker dry body keeps the focus <laughs> squarely on the massive, incredibly delicious hop character. We're not getting any caps from this company. <laughs> that's, that's for sure. I mean, Alagash was very generous yeah. and they sent us some really nice stuff, but I, I'm, I'm going to guess that Orderville is not, not going to send us anything anytime soon. Yeah, but this is a, but, but it's, uh, as far as, as rating, it's a, it's a really good beer. This is though. something that you could sip on at 7.2% alcohol by volume. It doesn't taste that strong. It, it, no, it really it does. It does taste like something that you could drink for long periods of time. It has that, um, that hoppy, citrusy, fruity flavor with not a crisp finish, which is what you're probably accustomed Expecting, to. Yeah, but it has that little bit of dryness, which is interesting. Yeah, that really it makes interesting. it interesting that it does have that sort of finish. I mean, I, 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 there's not really much not to like about it. I mean, the, no. the, the aroma, the nose, the is, color it, is amazing. It the nose is amazing. The color is amazing. The right amount of head, the right amount of carbonation too. It's not overly carbonated it's not under carbonated it has just enough uh and i'm sure you'll finish and this is a pretty big uh, can right here this is not a 12 ounce can this is a, a probably a pint and ben it, is gonna finish that'll that be at least a pint right yeah it's a pint can mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh i mean it, we had that really great one that, that we got from monterey the oligosh ipa was amazing the el segundo ipa uh, Del Segundo IPA. Though, yeah, that that one was more hoppy and had a crisp finish. This one just has that little bit of a dry finish, which is which is interesting. This is almost it's more of a summery, like a summery beer. I feel like it's a more more suited to the warm weather. On they have a a breakdown on their website as to what beers you should be drinking mm-hmm. in what seasons of the year. This, yeah. Which I thought was this a little not... bit interesting. They have uh, oh wow, they have quite a selection. They have all year beers. Mm-hmm. They have January through March beers. They have April through June, July through September, and October through December. Then they have their funky can beers, which I mean, are all the rage now. <laughs> uh, you know, the with the skull and crossbones or whatever the hell they have on there. Mm-hmm. But they have uh, a hazy galaxy. IPA January through March and a, a hazy Citra IPA April through yeah, June. Yeah, but I, you know, I mean, this one is good. This is definitely good. Um, what would you rate this, Ben? What would you rate this on our thirst and goal beer rating? Ooh, from zero uh, to ten. From zero to ten. Let me open this beer. And- I would say. I would say this is a seven. <laughs> I'm thinking about it because Brilliant. it's lacking We're that little bit. Yeah, that's true. We're trying to keep it, it under two. I'm going to give it a. I'll give it an eight. 
All right, you give it an eight because it's I, fresh. It's 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 no, fr- relatively I mean, yeah, complex. Not that from far, that far away. It's it's got the flavor. It's got the color. It's got yeah. the aroma. It's just missing a little bit on the initial swallow. Yeah, and it, and I mean it's it is very enjoyable, and uh, I'll definitely be looking for other beers from the same brewery, Orderville. Um, I mean, this was the only one that I saw on the shelf there, but I'll definitely make sure to. Uh, Maybe look on the other aisle where they have, you know, the the you know six packs or four packs or whatever, and see if they have any more offerings from Orderville because this is this is it's a it's it's a very solid, very good beer. Yeah, and when Friday first brought it over today, I convinced it with the Simple Times Lager yeah. <laughs> from Trader Joe's. That's like a dollar ninety nine for a six yeah, pack. That's not what it is, Ben. And he gave it to me. He's like, I was like, oh, okay, uh, okay, Simple Times. We'll, right. we'll see how that goes. All right. But this is not that. Yeah, no. it's about five times the no, price. This is, this is actually it. It is. It is. Uh, it is very it's it's a very good beer. For anybody that's out there listening, you know me and Ben were just fucking around with that stupid uh, California, you know, surfer accent for a second there and you probably got annoyed with us. But uh, the Orderville uh Modern Times uh uh this offering is very good. I'm sure there are other ones will be as well. And we'll definitely try some more in the future. Yeah, this is really good. You are a 7, I'm an 8. Mm-hmm. Uh because for some reason if it's an IPA, I can't go under 7. Yeah. But this is a, I mean it because it's so fresh. Mm-hmm. It's fresh. It, the color is nice. Uh, all right, Friday. What's next up on the big board? Next up on the big board, Ben. Finish up the show. <sighs> a little bit of housekeeping. This is depressing. All right, this is a show about football, friends, fun, bourbon, and beer reviews. Please head over to our website at thirstinggold.busbrow.com. From there, you can subscribe and listen to all of our past episode episodes, <laughs> episodes, episodes. You can check out our show notes. A little extra beer, bro. <laughs> extra You've beer. Had. It's seven point two percent, bro. Yeah, it really hits you. Yeah, you can't uh, can't get a real wave that way, man. <laughs> thirstygold.busbrow.com from there you can subscribe and listen to all of our past episodes you can check out the show notes from there you can yeah, get bro. links Gregory Robinson <laughs> is bringing us 157 pounds of weed bro from south of the border of only of too old I mean not that. that it's not legal already but it's just so much sweeter from the south of the border exactly locked up abroad dude I just got a t- text from Greg oh my god they just stopped him bro alright did he get the I'm, shit though does he have the stuff with him we're done we're done with that uh, we cover we cover you can get links to all the stories we cover Links to all of the websites for all the beer, the booze, the browns that we review. You can get links to all the podcatchers out there. We're on Pandora, folks. Spotify, CastBox. CastBox. Apple Podcasts <laughs> and all of the podcatchers out there. Please, please, please leave us a review from the show notes. You can get our email address, podcastthirstandgoal at gmail.com. Please feel free to email us and ask us a question or leave us a comment or a critique. You can call us. Please call us. You can get the phone number in our show notes. You can also get links to our Instagram at Thursdan and links to our Twitter at Goal Thirst. Franny's Instagram is beyond, <laughs> no. beyond Not amazing. Twitter, ben. It's beyond amazing. The photography is top notch. You would pay for this photography if you were on vacation at the beach. You can also check out all of our prior episodes all of the stories that we cover. We have been doing this since November of 2018. Going strong. Please, please, please tell a friend, listen, subscribe, 
rate, and review. I feel Thank like, you. I feel like Spicoli. <laughs> yeah, Spicoli. <laughs> after, all, after all that, but uh, you know, for You're anybody like Matthew that's, McConaughey for from Days to Confused. Exactly. For anybody that's under like thirty, you wouldn't know who Spicoli is unless they've watched you know Fast did, Times. But did uh, you know? <laughs> no matter how old I get, the high school girls <laughs> stay the <laughs> same age. <laughs> Yeah, no, but thank you to all of our listeners out there, and thank you for sticking with us this long. We're about two, two hours and 26 minutes in. All right, folks. <laughs> we'll see you next week. Next week.